Hello. We're here. We are here. Turns out I was I was muted, but oh well. How is everyone doing? Ah, oh, I'm mid mid breakdown, bro. I'm mid breakdown, but I'm all right. Only mid. That's an improvement I know. for you. I no, I fi- yeah, no, I finished one the other week, and I've started a new one. So it's a work in progress. That's all we can it's say. Working project. Yeah, you can't see the finished product yet. Uh, I've been working on a lot of shit today. I have been incredibly fucking busy. Like, in a good way, but, like, it's one of those ones I'm busy because I'm combating the depression. <laughs> I, I would I would, I would, have no idea what any of that means. I, I don't do work to combat stuff. I just... You just do depression. I just cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just tears out my eyes. But guys... It's all right. It's a good thing we're talking about make-believe today because that's what I do to make myself feel better. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. To be fair, um, but guys, it's we 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 we're going to talk about a few different things today. We've got the main I mean, thing well, we're going to talk about. Welcome to Two and a Half Nerds, starring yes. Barlow, that trollsome guy. Yeah, I forgot to introduce us today. Yeah, you did. It's, I'm tired. Um, right. Let me let let, let me let me take over. Okay, right, uh, right. yeah, go for it. Introducing in the left corner. Trollsome, <laughs> and in the right corner, <laughs> his opponent, the Panda King. <laughs> and then I'm here. That's, that's Sammy, everyone. <laughs> that's Sammy. <laughs> doing a pre- doing our best. I've got a cold, but I'm still a ring announcer. Impression. Yeah, literally, <laughs> I actually do have a cold. That, that was that was horrible. It kind of that, that was. Yeah, WWE. I, I don't think there's a career there for me, unless you want someone to be the chair. And I, I could run downstairs and get the energy drink that I got to try on stream. Oh, the, uh, yeah. Let's cool. get ready to rumble. I would drag you. Yeah. Let's get ready. Let's get ready. Let's get ready to rumble. Watch us wreck the mic. Watch us rock the mic. Watch us rock the mic. Psych. <laughs> now, which one of you is PJ and which one of you is Duncan? That's the main question. Um, <laughs> hang on. Uh, which, which one's Ant? Uh, PJ. PJ. Alright, that I'm Duncan then because I'm short. As about True. To say, I'm probably that one, but I'm also not allowed to drive. I mean bandits Just old like en- <gasps> Yes! Yeah. This, this um, works, we got this. I mean, um Bandit's old enough to know this, but um I don't but... like how you started that sentence. Can you remember <laughs> what happened in the nineteen twenties? <laughs> Barlow, do you know where PJ and Duncan come from? Yes, I do. What's the name? Uh Grange Hill. No, Biker Grove. Biker Grove. Biker Grove, man. You know how I know I... that and got it Can wrong anyway. Man. My my friend lives in Biker, so I should I should have got it oh, right really? because that's the joke I keep making. Yeah, no, um, Biker Grove. I watched when I was a kid, even though it wasn't on anymore when I was a kid because my mum and dad had it on tape because they watched it when they were a kid. And um, yeah, I always felt sorry for Ant's character because he got blinded by the paintball gun. <laughs> I'm blind, Deck. I'm blind. It's, it's, it's like, Duncan, I can't see. He can't see, man. <laughs> like, that's literally what that scene was. Best thing ever. It's so good. Guys, if you've never watched the scene from Biker Grove where PJ gets blinded by a paintball gun, go and watch it. Some of the t- some top tier acting right there. It's like on the same level of um, Sammy's A level acting. Yeah, it actually is. But they got paid for it. It's <laughs> the fact that you see Duncan run away, hide behind a wall, instead of calling an ambulance, leaning against the wall going, can he see? 
That's not you taking the piss out of their, act, uh, their acting. No, That's you taking the piss out of the Geordie right. accent itself. <laughs> you can you see, man? No, you're joking. <laughs> you're joking. Sorry, why is your Geordie closer to fucking Jamaican than it is to, like, <laughs> actually... Look, I'm not... I don't ever claim to be good at accents, all right? Oh, yeah, There's man. Right. <laughs> I'm <laughs> from Newcastle. Yeah, get reason. me. There is a reason tying into today's episode why all of my D&D characters are either Irish... Or Korg. Because <laughs> they're the only voices I can do. Ah, uh, you're joking, man. You're I want joking. a proper Geordie D&D character. No, I, I just do- I want jo- uh, Sammy to join Wild RP now. Say she's a character from Newcastle, <laughs> but it's just purely Jamaican. And then, like, then, actually, we could get people banned then for voice checking you. Yeah. <laughs> people are just like, oh, it's that... That rather oddly Jamaican-sounding Geordie, and you're just like, no, I'm, I'm reporting you now, mate, because you're Jamaican. stereotyping me. Jamaican Geordie. Jamaican Geordie. That sounds like a, that sounds like a cooking show. It really does. <laughs> when the I true, also when, that. When the true Geordie like really needs money, he just gets some random Jamaican garniture. Yeah. Like, Royd man, can you make a kebab? <laughs> Why am I now imagining this to be like? A true Geordie and like some random Jamaican bloke from Cool Runnings to be on the next, like, the next yeah. co stars on a Lenny Henry podcast. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I reckon for Sidemen Charity Match 2023, it's going to be true Geordie and one random Jamaican dude. <laughs> oh, dude. I just, I just thought about freaking Ready Steady Cook with, with a Geordie and a Jamaican <laughs> Well. This, that's a D&D campaign I'm running now. I want it so bad. Can I be the Geordie? <laughs> and the Jamaican man at the same time. That's the, it's the Venga Boys song, isn't it? Uncle John from Jamaica, but it's Uncle John from Jamaica. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, talk about railroading. Oh, I was going to ask Marlo, am I allowed to plug my thing for Monday? Because this comes out on Saturday. You can do. Awesome. Yay. Guys, I have some cool starting over on Twitch on Monday. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've, I've made a game show. I say I've made it. I've completely ripped it off of another game show and just slapped another title on it. Um, I have made some changes and bits like that. But uh, we, we've got a little game show going on over on Sammy Dodger Minds uh, called The Carousel, which is nothing to do with the wheel. Uh, <laughs> But we've got some uh, cool... So basically, if you've ever watched The Wheel, it's basically a very similar game. But uh, anyone who's in my Discord can potentially become a contestant and win some prizes. Um, We have streamers that are coming in as the experts that are on the carousel that you can potentially get to help ask your question. Bandit is going to be one of them. Woohoo! Yeah, I'm going to be there. Apparently, I'm an expert. You are an expert. Um, I, this is the thing, though. I say expert loosely because if you've seen some of the streamers that are on the carousel, for starters, I had one person go, I don't think I'm an expert in anything. And I had to literally like be like, what do you like? <laughs> no, you just do a round on nothing. Oh, like... my God. Could you imagine? Oh, and then you, you, call, you call it the theory of nothing and then just do literally that. <laughs> no, so um, we've got Bandit. We have Soul Render. Uh, we have Blitzy Nation, Kai Winters, uh, Faye Baby, and Bandit on our on our wheel. So wait, I'm, I'm on twice. I, I didn't. Oh shit! Who did I forget? 
You forgot Womble. Oh, so. <laughs> this is happening on Monday the 3rd of October, by the way. The so. person who literally drew the artwork for it, I forgot. Fuck's sake. Uh, so because of that, it also does mean there will be no D&D on Monday. Um, good, because yeah. I, I need a break, to be fair. Um, because mm. I'm fed up of it taking three weeks for my players to get from one place to another place. So I Mood. need a mental health break for some of the ridiculous shit that I've seen in the last couple of days. In fairness, right? <laughs> all I'm we, seeing we... is in-character breakdowns. Like, at the moment, <laughs> all my party are doing. So Bandit's going through... Uh, Bandit's character's going through a, a midlife identity crisis where everything around them is now wrong. Estalia has been going through, uh, again, another identification crisis. Faven is just realising that his family potentially don't love him very much. And Ithis is... Well, it's just Dalton, isn't it, really? And then Marcus, Marcus... is just looking after everything. <laughs> Mar Marcus is too peaceful. We don't trust Marcus. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a week off that so I can... Uh... Get relaxed to be fair. Um, but yes, so I'm gonna let you guys talk about your thing first because I have well, I no idea. Gonna, what's going I, was on. I wasn't finished with the game show plug. Bloody hell, this could be half the show at this rate. <laughs> oh no, I was just gonna say that um, if you are gonna be playing, if you do join the Discord and you are gonna be playing, um, you only if you get one question wrong, you are out see you later goodbye but if you make it to the final seventh question which is after you've answered all of the questions that the uh experts on the wheel have given to you um you then have to answer a seventh question which is in my expertise but you can only choose one expert on the wheel to try and get it right and it's mega hard when Sammy says on the wheel, she means on the carousel. On the carousel, shit. <laughs> for, for, for legal purposes. For legal persons, it's a carousel, not a wheel. You know, Michael McIntyre don't come for me. <laughs> or Stephen Price. Or Stephen Price. Or the Sidemen, they also did a version of it. That was fucking funny. That was literally, literally every time I was explaining to someone who I'd asked to be in this game show what the wheel was, I went, have you ever seen that clip of KSI going, it's Adele! Lock it in. They go, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Are you dumb? It's Adele. Are you dumb? It's Adele. Lock it in. <laughs> Everyone and their mums knows that. And then when he's locked it in, finally he's like sitting there like this. Oh, uh, also as well, new announcement circuit today. We are now on Wisdom. We are. We got invited as well. They we got invited us. to go on Wisdom, um, which is pretty neat. Cool. So, if anyone is listening to this on Wisdom, congratulations <laughs> on being that one person that's not <laughs> listening to us on uh, Samsung yeah, Podcast. That's <laughs> not a, that's not a dig at Wisdom, by the way. It's just yeah. our entire majority is Samsung Podcasts for now, which also and Americans, which is uh, uh, if you're part. listening to this uh, from the Dominican Republic, because apparently we got more listeners there than in the UK. Yes, um, crazy. Could you please DM one of us? Um, yeah. And just let Any us know us. how you found this show. Um, um, because yeah, the UK so is currently that, fifth. <laughs> either, either DM that trollsome guy on Twitter, the Bandit King UK on Twitter, or uh, Dodger M on, on Twitter. Yeah, you've got is that my user? 
it's 101 at the end of yours, isn't it? It's Dodger M101. That's it. One of us on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, let us know because if you, why are you? I, I, we were talking to people about this before, and they said it's because. How did you well, find us? <laughs> yeah, I think it was Kat who said maybe they're using, uh, maybe they're using us to like learn English or something. I'm like, how? <laughs> we're all from oh, three different parts of the country. They're gonna know. They're gonna know the word cunt so well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so what's your British uh, introduction then? Oi, oi, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> what, mate? How's it going? Yeah. What is oh, the and um, the other sentence would be, oh, bandit, I'm so disappointed in you. Yeah, that, that that's just someone, something like yeah. everyone in Britain says on the reg. Yeah, they, obviously. They found out that the most formal way of saying good morning, according to us, is still howdy. Yeah, they think that that's the British thing. They, they, howdy. They, yeah, they still think that that's in. Yeah. That's hip and cool. <laughs> Down with the kids. <laughs> I uh, like to think it's like a 95-year-old grandma in the Dominican Republic that's listening to us. I, I, like, to, I like to think that when it's like, howdy, it's just Mr. Burns saying it. Do you know the same howdy. way like, he, he, he answers the phone saying, hi, hi. Hi, hi. I just wanted to be, yeah, some 90-year-old granny from the Dominican Republic who's like slamming down support on League of Legends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Leona, mate. It, it's, annoyed, like... it, it, it's, it's annoyed that, like, none of our favourite uh, Disney movies were fucking Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do these kids know about Disney? Back Aww. in my day, Snow White's we were... voice was glorious. <laughs> Back in my day, the N-word was still okay to say. <laughs> like... <laughs> Uh, uh, you went straight in with that, didn't you? Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe edit that one out. <laughs> just, just for the record, the N-word is not okay to say. It it's never not okay been. to say whatsoever. Do not say it. it I'm not going to lie. I was watching Django Dun- Unchained earlier today while I was working, and I was incredibly uncomfortable the entire time. It's a great film. If anyone's never seen it, it's a great film, and it's realistic of the time period. But because because I was hearing so many white people saying that word i was very uncomfortable django is great django is great um 12 years a slave is worse if you yes get a bit sick for that there's also a reason why 12 years a slave is it is yeah i'm not obviously yeah um there's the new uh there's a new movie that i would like to talk about as well which is a problem but for different reasons than a lot of people might think Uh uh-oh so yeah, let's go with our nerdy you can't news. Just say, you can't just say that and then not say anything. There's, there's, there's one film, there's a, a massive problem. But I know that there's something me and Bandy wants to talk about. Bandy. Oh, that's Bandy. your new nickname, Bandy. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. It's Bandy now. Oh, no. <laughs> um, there's uh, something that me and Bandit want to talk about. There's something that we all want to talk about. I've got something I want to talk about. And then Bandit's got also this movie thing that he's just mentioned. And I've got yes. something I want to say because I feel like everyone else has their own thing to say and now I need one. Do you too. want your own thing? I've got, I can come up with something. Yeah, you go for it, man. You go yeah, for it. I will. Okay, let's start off with the thing that you said about me and Bandit talking about because you know nothing about this. Never heard of the person. Okay, so Bandit, do you want to explain? Okay, so it's pretty much common knowledge now across uh, the internet if you've been on Twitter in the last 24 of. 48 hours you've probably seen that ned from the try guys uh cheated on his wife 
He did um, indeed. With his one of his producers, which was also engaged, I would like to point out as well. And if you're like me, you don't know who the Try Guys are. You've never heard his name before, apart from one tweet that you saw today. So um, the big shock horror of it is obviously it's it's obviously depressing that uh, someone would cheat on their spouse that way. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, the Try Guys try infidelity. I'm pretty sure that's all it is. <laughs> yeah. Also, that was my joke. God damn. No, it wasn't. Uh, it was mine. I made that joke. You, you, you said you, you said, had a go at me for making that joke. You said infidelity. I went, oh, yes, the Try Guys try infidelity. And you anyway. laughed. Anywhere, anywhere, um, anywhere. The um, the entire cool thing about yeah, cool whip. The entire <laughs> premise of the whole thing was that the Try Guys and Buzzfeed Unsolved, so Ryan and Shane, mm-hmm. were the only good things on Buzzfeed on YouTube. Both yeah. routinely had a lot of viewers. Um, Buzzfeed Unsolved is often actually heralded as one of the best series to ever be on YouTube. Oh, it's fantastic! I love and Buzzfeed Unsolved. Ryan and Shane, best candidates for the best duo on YouTube. Up I mean, the there, thing is, up there is with that... Ren Link, I think. Oh yeah, with um, with Ryan and and Shane, it's very much a case of I like I'm so much like Shane when I go ghost hunting with people because I'm just the asshole that winds all all the people that believe in it. I just wind the fuck up and I'm just like, hey ghosts, grab my ass, like you know. I I, I like that. That's the kind of energy that I have. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to Edinburgh soon, so I'm going to go do some, uh, ideally, a few little bits of ghost hunting. I haven't been there for a while. And if, I'm a skeptic, Ed, but yeah. If anyone does want to see a really funny ghost hunting thing, uh, there's an episode of Day- Dana White looking for a fight, uh, which is uh, about Dana White, who obviously uh, owns the UFC. Um but they go to a haunted, uh, they go to a haunted house, and Matt Sarah gets like they all get told at the start, don't be disrespectful to the to the ghosts or anything like that. And Matt Sarah just walks in there and goes, "Excuse me, Mister Ghost, are you into some kinky shit?" And, like, it's just, it's so good. Like I literally just want to, um, I literally just want to send it to everybody. It's so funny. <laughs> I just like that kind of energy that uh is just uh i'm just gonna be a dick to the ghosts and if yeah and the thing is i don't believe them so nothing's gonna happen yeah no exactly i don't believe in ghosts and it's unless something drags me across the floor by my hair i'm not gonna believe in ghosts i'm sorry yeah but yeah um this is just a quick notice because i just noticed someone say in chat if anyone is trying to gift subs, it's going to go just for me, because obviously we still got the 25% off gifted subs at the moment. One of the issues that Twitch is having tonight is uh, purchases. Just generic purchases, bits, mm-hmm. subs, all of it. So not just people struggling to get online. That is something that Twitch themselves are actually having an issue with. Because, of course, in the three days they allow us to have 25% off gifted subs, you can't gift subs. Yep. Just wanted to let you know. But also on this point, for those of you who are listening on different platforms, we do actually stream these live on a Wednesday, every other Wednesday, on That Trollsome Guy on Twitch. And then sporadically I'm going to be putting these on TikTok lives as well, it's just like, if you haven't watched. And I'm currently working on a actual TikTok page for the podcast where we'll edit like highlights from it and pop it on there. Sick. I'm going to be working on other content for 
two and a half nerds as well. Yes, actually, do you want to, do you want to say that because I think we came up with an idea, and I think I think you're going with that, aren't you? Yeah, I am going to go ahead with that. So, um, I played Beacon Pines quite recently, and I joined uh, Barlow when he was in one of his lives on TikTok, and I said, "I'm just now annoyed that I don't have somewhere to write about it." So, we are going to get a website <laughs> where we can <laughs> post other content that's written. Um, so, it'll, likelihood is it'll probably be me doing a lot of it. Um, but I will post a lot of random shit on there. For... And you'll get the occasional picture of me being like... And that does mean as well, guys, if there is any people that listen to this that we're friends with and that, that do want to do some writing uh, under the agreement that we can't afford to pay you... Uh, and then... that we get to proofread everything. Yeah. Yes, I will be pro. Well, Bandit will be. Pre- uh, me and Bandit, Bandit will be actually. To be fair, as a as an ex English teacher, I can proofread it. Um, you know what? Sometimes though, it does shock me that you were an English teacher. <laughs> personality or spelling? I know I spelled Stephen's name wrong today, but to he be did. fair, he messaged I'm... me about my friend Stephen. He was like, "Is Stefan coming?" No, that's, <laughs> how, that's it's Stephen. It's just spelled. No, I know, but that's way. also how you spelled Stefan as well. In fairness, Stephen. we we do know Stephen. We do but, know a Stephen as but well. But like, uh, yeah, but he's mm-hmm. spelt with F's, not PH. Um, Same so, as my dad. My dad's so, name is Stephen with double F. True. So genuinely, guys, if anyone would like to do, uh, if anyone wants to do stuff like that and wants to get their stuff out there, obviously it will be promoted because uh, that means we'll probably end up getting a Twitter for it as well. Um, mm-hmm. And it gets your name out there. You'll be part of the team. There'll be some cool stuff. Um, and yeah, and also someone asked if they were able to, if they did any artwork and stuff. Absolutely. Um, oh yeah, of but, course. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, Bandit is head editor. Um, editor, because... if you will. So yeah, we will be launching a website where we can post content that isn't going to be podcasts or any and other nudes. video content so many nudes you're gonna get a jason mask with his booty out that's bandit and like <laughs> i didn't agree to that bit <laughs> hey as long as your face isn't it it's fine um, yeah exactly that's the rule of sending nudes anyway isn't it <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I, um, weirdly, weirdly i'm not familiar with the etiquette <laughs> anyway should we get back on topic of nerdy news Get back on top of summon. Um, Nudes. Oh my god. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to say about this busty guy that I've never heard of? Honestly, I'm just kind of disappointed in the bloke, to be honest. I find it funny how, in the space of like a week, we had two certified wife guys in mm-hmm. Ned uh, Fulton and Adam Levine. Yeah. <laughs> Both like. Adam just... Levine's has been mad. Like, that Adam has been Levine's something been... else. <laughs> I just can't fucking... I, I, I've seen so many memes about Adam Levine's, though. I've like, never, my... I never liked Adam Levine anyway, but, like... Can't say I did, either. I like early Maroon 5. Oh, yeah, but like, like... No, but Maroon 5 was fine, but it was as soon as everything out... I think in the last five years, I've just started hating him. Yeah, what do you expect if you name your band from a deluxe colour chart? I suppose that's, like, the fucking... <laughs> he, went, he went to B&Q one day, opened the book, and went, that one... Uh, but... you could, you could, there's a there's so many jokes being made though like this love has taken its toll on me and all that Ooh. shit so other so, than other than cheating people uh, which mm. bit of nerdy news would you like to speak about next let's talk about the big one that we all wanted to talk about the big 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 one 
so happy. So am I. I peed a little bit when I saw it. I... I very often do not like just when like, you know when people say like they watching a comedy and they don't actually laugh but they find it funny. I yeah. actually broadly smiled at this. You you did you do this because this is what I did. I went. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm gonna be honest. Mine was more like a five year old getting sweets. I was going like. Oh my god, that's actually kind of cute. Well, like... um, I've never <laughs> kind of genuinely. I messaged several people going like for like. For that one minute and 20 seconds, my depression had left. Yeah, I didn't have <laughs> depression anymore. <laughs> it, it was, it killed me. I was uh, never so happy in my life. <laughs> so, who would like to say it? Bandit would. So, <clears throat> there was... We're getting Wolverine in Deadpool! <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Sorry, you took too long. Jesus in Christ. The, in the MCU, we get. I have so many ideas of how I want this to work, but in my eyes, I really want them to do the comedic shift on everyone going like, "That's not my prime minister," and just have yeah. like both the new Wolverine and Hugh Jackman in there, and it all stems from Deadpool going like, going into the new one like, no, "You're not my Wolverine." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like... I um. Did you guys see the um? The because obviously there was the original t- uh, the original uh, post about it. Oh what the the, the answering questions and the having answering the music question in the ones. Background. So there is just freaking wake me up before you go go start talking playing. I genuinely, even though we've got to wait two years, there's I hundred percent understand why because yeah. unfortunately, as much as we now we know Marvel well Disney own Fox, there is still the issue that contractually certain characters can't be recast until next year because mm-hmm. of when the last two X-Men movies came out. But Wolverine can because he wasn't in either of them. No, he wasn't. Um, so I reckon what they're doing is they're not saying anything else about it with the full plan that they're going to probably give us quite a few X-Men in that movie. And yes, they're not, I think they will do as and well. They're not allowed to cast them until next year so they're mm-hmm. just like we have nothing yet because we act we can't even cast legally. people like it's not <laughs> even a case of we can cast them and not tell you we legally just can't even cast them yet yeah the, the... i, I want to see a full-on fist fight between wolverine wolverine well, and Deadpool. that's what i'm excited Hugh jackman for. has said he will only ever come back as wolverine if he gets to fight the hulk so i so... have expectations now so do I now. <laughs> the thing that the only concern that I had, like when I, I was obviously I was excited because I I still love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, and he will forever be Wolverine. I don't care who they cast now; they're not Hugh Jackman. I'm sorry. Yeah, so you have Wolverine and Les Miserables, Wolverine and the Greatest Showman. I, yeah. I genuinely think. Did you not there's... see the claws when he was going from now? On? I just like to think that this is what Wolverine did all this time while he was just wandering about. No, 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 no. It's what he was doing while they were injecting the adamantium into him in his head. He was in all of these other movies. It's like, do you know when they say, like, um, what is it? The guy who plays Pimento in Brooklyn Nine Nine. When yes. he's in any other movie, that's the stuff he's doing undercover. Yeah. I think, um, well, it's like the guy who played um, oh, Machete. Doesn't matter what film he's oh, in, he um, will always be Machete. Oh, Danny Trejo. Yeah. I love him. I watched a documentary about him the other week, and it was so good. I want to actually talk about that in a sec. 
Didn't we have didn't we have a, like a forty year conversation about Danny Trejo the other week as well? Did. Yeah, yeah, probably it was about the doc- documentary because it was um, so good. But I think with my way, my opinion of how they're going to do Wolverine is I don't think they're going to recast him. I reckon they I reckon they're not lying to us by saying this is potentially before Logan. Oh, I, I think reckon, it will be before Logan. I reckon it's genuinely a case of we will still see old man Wolverine, but in it we're going to see X23 and Dakin Ooh. who is Wolverine's canonical son. So yes. I reckon they will be going down that route so that we That's don't cool. have it ruined for us. But if they are going to recast it, I'm annoyed that it's no longer set to be Daniel Radcliffe. Because I feel like oh every, God, so every time I see Daniel Radcliffe in a film where he goes psycho, it, it is perfect for Wolverine. And he's got the beard for it when he wants to. I mean, if you think about it, guns akimbo. That's basically Wolverine, but with guns. Yeah. Um, anyone who hasn't seen Guns Akimbo, fucking watch it. It's hilarious. To be fair, anyone just watch that. If, if you've not heard of it and it's got Daniel Radcliffe in it, watch it. Because it's probably going to be fucking funny. What I love about Daniel Radcliffe nowadays is because obviously, yes, he did Harry Potter and bits like that. But now he just does the projects that he wants to do, whether they're good or not. Like Swiss Army Man. What the fuck was that movie? But it was hilarious. I find it so like bizarre how if you look at like three big fantasy leads in Daniel Radcliffe, Elijah Wood and Robert Pattinson, mm-hmm. they all got their... I obviously wrote like they all did like other stuff as well, but like they all got their breaks in these big fantasy stuff. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and Twilight. And then after that, they just went and did their own weird shit. Yeah, and, and I love kind of, that. I respect that a lot, especially considering that my favourite thing Daniel Radcliffe has ever done is the Miracle Workers. So... Oh my god, that was really Actually, good. Uh, I'm currently re-watching Harry Potter because I've been listening to the audiobooks. And you're just sat there like, I've seen... you Now, once you've seen him in Guns Akimbo, it's very hard to watch him as a child actor, knowing same what he ends up doing. Same same as if you've watched him in Horns. Like, you're like, I can't see this character the same ever again. <laughs> I can't see I'm him sorry. as an innocent child anymore. He just once, isn't there. Once you hear him singing, she'll be coming round the mountain. <laughs> then that just ruins any perspective. Well, while dancing in leather chaps, yeah. Yeah, this this is what uh, Harry does when Junie's in a mood. <laughs> but I do I do genuinely think the announcement yesterday kind of froze every Nerdvana in general. Did like, you see Panda Red's video that he did? It's so yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah. He right. heard the announcement and then, like, in case anyone hasn't seen it, um, he, like, was silent, put on all of his Deadpool stuff. And, like picked up his Deadpool wallet, his key, his car keys that have like a Deadpool keychain on it. Went to his car, shut the door. It was like silent for a minute, and then you just hear him screaming with joy in the car. <laughs> um, we do have a question from Chris as well in the chat. Let me mm-hmm. scroll. Oh yeah, back no, I know, I know what it is. It's going to be about my my bit that I'm going to talk about. <clears throat> okay, right. Let's leave. Okay, that. that's fine. We'll yeah. we'll let you get on that. I know. I already know what it's about. Okay. Cool. Which topic would we like to talk about next? My topic, Barlow's topic, or Bandit's? Topic? I really want to end with Bandit's controversial topic because okay, I, I'm I'm intrigued and I really want to build the intrigue. And if it's disappointing, to um, finally fire him from the show uh, mm. because that will be two episodes in a row that he's done something to disappoint me. Yeah. So you do I ever do anything that doesn't disappoint? Want me to go next? Um, okay. We'll pretend. Yeah, it's all right, sweetie. Um, so I want to talk about it's <laughs> sli- slightly less 
I was such a mum. I was such a mum. <laughs> Love you, sweetie. Um, I want to talk about uh, slightly less nerdy, but it is nerdy if you're into this kind of genre of stuff. I want to talk about the release of Dharma on Netflix and the controversy that surrounded that. So yeah. I don't know if either of you guys have heard about this. Uh, pro- oh, I've seen Dharma now, and I've seen people that keep putting like memes up about it as if it's just a movie, forgetting that it's based on a real fucking thing. Yeah, so Jeffrey Dahmer, in case people didn't know, was a real serial killer. He was a fucked up piece of shit and an absolutely vile person. Um, I went into a deep dive about this on my Twitch the other day because I was talking about the fact that there were certain things that were incorrect in it. For example, they said that Dahmer was a psychopath. He wasn't. He was a schizotypical personality disorder. Um, Still doesn't make him any any better of a person. The big controversy, though, came from the fact that Netflix labelled the uh, series as LGBTQ+. Because because Dharma's gay. Dharma's the reason gay. Why they, they live all. That is such a stupid move, man. That, yeah. Yeah. Right, anything just, they could label, they dropped the LGBTQ plus, and I was uh, like, that's just, not just, cool. Ju- just for any you know Netflix execs in the chat. Just because something's got a gay person in it doesn't mean it's an LGBTQ movie. Especially not when it's Jeffrey fucking Dahmer. You wouldn't, not not, you... not only, yes, the main character is gay, even though it's not main character, it's an actual person, but not only is it not LGBTQ+, he's literally killing gay men. Like, I... would, would, would you put that on the Gacy tapes? Would you put that on the Gacy tapes? So you wouldn't put it on the Gacy tapes. You wouldn't put it on uh, the one about the freaking... Um, the oh, I can't remember. It's like the something basher. He used to go around murdering gays and gay bars and bits like that. Did, I can't did remember. You put, the... Did you put it? On, would you put it on? Don't fuck with cats because Luke no, Magnotta's you... gay. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't. I I don't say because um, yeah, I didn't know that controversy. Um, mm-hmm. I Netflix just do some really stupid things. Like, and I've seen this big thing that. There's a strong belief that Disney are going to buy them at the end of the year. Um, yes. Which I really wouldn't be surprised if that ends up happening because Netflix are like flat out broke at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just really stupid. I think, as well, for a for a series for a a platform that is trying to be inclusive, they seem to miss the mark so much, and in film as well. LGBTQ are always badly represented because, like, you look at things Absolutely. like Game of Thrones, where they're like, "Yeah, but at least they're trying." No, they're not because they're fucking killing them all. Like, it's one of those in in film in general needs to sort out how it is showing LGBT representation, and then if they are promoting something as being LGBT, they need to actually make sure that it's promoting it rather than I oh, it's a thing about a gay guy that murders gay people. Let's put it under that tag. No, that's stupid. And also, like, I've, I think the whole thing with this Starmer series is absolutely ridiculous anyway, because so many people are looking up to the character of Hit that's and being my like, issue oh, with it as well. and you're like, it's no, Starmer's not a character. That was an actual murderer in real life, and you're looking so, up to some of the things he's doing. 
so there's a couple of specific things that I had a, like uh, the thing is overall I really enjoyed the series because they did get a lot of things right and there was one spe- specific episode called Silenced which was very very impactful and very very good and very well done I don't have an issue as well how Evan Peters portrayed the character I think he actually did a really good job there was certain elements of it though that I didn't agree with in the fact that I, I think they should have made Evan Peters uglier because uh, there's a lot of times, I, I said this before with um, the Ted Bundy movie when they cast Zac Efron, um, people started like fantasizing about Bundy. Don't do that. That's think, really messed up. I think the difference with the Ted Bundy one, though, is his looks was actually part of his his appeal to certain <clears throat> women back then. And I think the for Ted Bundy, so it made much... sense. It wasn't so much his looks, person. though. If you've looked into the cases, actually, his personality. Yes, he was a relatively decent-looking man, but he wasn't Zac Efron. I um, also, it's the thing is as well. It this sort of thing, it like me and Holly had talked about this quite a lot before. Mm. Um, but we this is obviously before the stuff of the Dharma series came out. Um, mm-hmm. um, extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. It only like came out like a few weeks after we and Holly talked about this. Mm-hmm. But we talked about. Um, the Elisa Lam documentary um, that Discovery Plus did which is extremely fucking exploitative right so uh, Elisa Lam the girl who died at the the hotel by ending up in a water tank yes we're never going to find out what actually happened yeah it was like it was speculated that she was playing the elevator game it was speculated she was on drugs there's so many things it's something Um, that we unfortunately never going to find the answer to and her family are never going to find closure to but the problem i had is that i I can stomach a lot of stuff i watch a lot of horror movies i watch all the sort of stuff i felt awful watching that because it felt exploitative like this is if like you can have if they were covering the fucking Lizzie Borden murders, right? It's a mm-hmm. bit different. That was two hundred years ago. That's different. But, Same but, as when you talk about Jack the Ripper. Yeah, right. There's so much. There's time. It, time doesn't obviously heal everything, and but there is a great degree of separation with that. This case happened in like 2010, right? This is very, very recent. It's incredibly recent. But the problem I had with it more than anything is that they were going ghost hunting there, which okay, go and ghost hunting in a place that's probably haunted, fine. Right? If you believe in ghosts. Contacting the ghost of Elisa Lam, first off, not great. <laughs> that's just bad. That's bad yeah. crack. Then contacting the ghost of Richard Ramirez. Oh, good. Right, asking okay. Right. if he had killed her. Right, this is the thing, right, with Richard Ramirez. Like, I, I hate when people romanticise specifically him as well. If you've ever watched the interview of Richard Ramirez before he was, uh, when he was in prison and bits like that, you look at that man, right? That is evil incarnate. Like, yeah. that is, you literally, there is absolutely nothing behind his eyes but rage and sadistic tendencies and bits like that. That was my main issue when they had him in American Horror Stories. Again, they cast him as a relatively good looking man who was this thrill seeker. He had a romantic relationship with one of the other characters. He is a horrific, horrific man. And it's the same as any other serial killer movie. I mean, originally when they did the Dharma film, they casted Jeremy Renner, who is also a very good looking man. Um, When they did My Friend Dharma, they cast Ross Lynch, who is also a good looking dude. Please stop doing that. Stop making them hot because there are young... As a, a girl that when I was growing up watching these things, young girls, and I hope that no one gets offended when I say this, this is just from a general point of view and what i have seen with other young women 
we are very heavily influenced by what we watch and what we see in front of us. So if we relate that someone is good looking, we start to think that what they're doing is like sexy. When murder and rape, uh, sorry, trigger word, rape and and all these horrific crimes against people and children and the elderly, it it's not quirky it's not cute it's not like mysteriously romantic it really pisses me off it needs to be a case of the the realism they did horrible things like you are not bell from beauty and the beast right no not magically snap your fingers and fix a guy who like the beast was just an arrogant shithead he wasn't a killer to my to our knowledge at least but like like uh, i hate generalizing this but i have seen this this is mostly teenage girls that do this and these are the it same is. people who romanticize Joker and Harley. Yep. Um, and I speak for, I think, are a lot of people who's glad that Harley Quinn is now paired up with Poison Ivy. Ivy, yeah. Um, this is, these are the same people who think these killers are just misunderstood souls. And it's like, some of them have a lot of problems and we can't deny that. But at the same point, there's misunderstood and there's being a literal fucking murderer. Yeah, like, exactly. No and one the, crushed the, on Dexter. That's the thing. You have to remember. No, no one, one crushed, crushed on Dexter. Everybody crushed on his fucking sister. Like, and she, and except her crushing on him, but that was a thing long before she weird. knew. But that's what I mean. Because of the casting of Dexter, nobody was like, oh, Dexter, like, get inside me. Michael C. Hall is not a bad-looking guy. He's just No, but he, he was made to seem as a awkward, like, character. Like, these are the type of people who think, like, <laughs> all the school shooters are right because they're sticking it to the man. And, you know, yeah, it, this, it is, just, this is, that, it really annoys me. That kind of thing. Right, that's why there's certain, like, ones that I would wish they'd make about other killers and bits like that. For example, Gacy. Gacy was a fat, ugly, yeah. introverted but- man who owned KFC restaurants with his rich wife at the time. That's a whole thing, by the way. They need um, to um, cast that guy from The Human Centipede too. Yeah. like that, it guy, is, that guy's a good you, actor. You, well. you ain't heard anybody turn around and be like, oh, yeah, I was a fan of Gacy. Like, but it's, it's, it's... These people are disgusting, horrible human beings and we need to stop pedestaling them. <clears throat> There's not even a mystique, though, because, like... To an extent, right, I understand why people get obsessed with Zodiac and Jack the Ripper because it's an absolute mystique of it. You, you get don't know consumed, who they are. You don't know who they are. You get consumed by this. And this is why people still talk about Zodiac now. Mm-hmm. And also the David Lynch film is fucking amazing. But that like, was a good film. <clears throat> like, these are people who are awful. These are people who commit some of the most heinous acts known to man. And I'm going to repeat what me and Holly had said before. Richard Ramirez saying Hail Satan like he's some fucking 4chan edgelord is very cringe. I'm sorry. Oh, it's incredibly cringe. Serial it killers is... are cringe. Serial they killers are, are cool. cringe. Like, ugh. <clears throat> anyway, sorry for the rant, Barlow. So, I, yeah. I, I, I genuinely tend not to watch too many of them. Um, like, it took me ages to watch the Ted Bundy movie, but then I watched it. I thoroughly enjoyed what I saw as a film. Um, as a film, it's a great film. I really enjoyed the the ending bit as well, where he write, writes hacksaw on the on the screen. But my main issue was the casting of Zac Efron. Not that he played the character badly, because he didn't. It's just his appearance. Well, there was a, a series. It was a two part series that was on Fred and Rose West. And yes. The guy who played Fred West was the guy who he's he's been in a lot. I can't really remember. He was in like a Bad Guy and Johnny English or something like that as well. Okay. Um, 
Okay. It was fantastic, but they didn't try to romanticize either of them. They didn't even like none of them were attractive to look at. It was mm-hmm. a through and through thriller, and it was very accurate. And actually, it showed the most realistic view on Fred and Rose West from the fact that they're the Fred... most murderers, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just know they're from around the corner from me. Yeah, uh, I think they're the most murders. Much Markle. Um, and the fact is, Rose West was the psychopath. Fred West was just somewhat manipulated. He, he was a psycho as well. But it was how he was manipulated, which a lot of the time no, when you look at No, my bad. Um, Brady and Myra Hindley were the most murderers. When, when people talk about Fred and Rose West, they always talk about Fred West. Because, yes, he did yeah. most of the killings. But, like, they don't explain why she was always mentioned. She was even worse. Yeah. Like, um, but that series did it really well. I think yeah, it and that's the, way it, that's the way it should be done. It, and, it, it's... If you are going to do a documentary or anything about serial killers or a specific killer, because there's the Tenopenny, right? Make the approach of looking at how the police crack the case. Mm-hmm. Because I... I don't know if I speak for everyone here. That's what I find interesting. Yeah, police police perspective is always what I find interesting. Because the police are cause a lot of problems. However, when they are doing the serial killer hunts, that's what's really interesting because you're going through how they find everything, how much data they comb through, how they look at all this stuff. That's the really cool stuff. That's the stuff that's interesting. The issue there, though, is that historically when companies have attempted to do the other view they've not hit the mark whether it's Mm -hmm. financially or when they've promoted it people tend to on a more public and majority scale people care more about the how was it done by the bad guy rather than how did the good guys find them and that is unfortunately why when you look at not just serial killers when you look at like the great train robbery there was yep. stuff about how the law found them. No one gave a damn. But the actual film where it was the robbery itself, insane. Look at the Cray twins. No one cares how they were found. But the people will watch the movies based on the Cray twins. Which, which even though I love Legend, it is very historically inaccurate. It is, but it's also just very, very well done. It's such a good film. Um, yeah. But I think, Historical again, that's... But I think, again, when you're doing stuff like that based over such a long period of time it's very hard to ever make it accurate in yeah an hour and it's a half. what they do a lot with the craze actually it's the one thing i always remember is that whenever they talk about the craze it's like yeah they were gangsters they hurt people they did bad things but they loved their mum oh uh, yeah that, that's <laughs> you know al capone was in, responsible for the same valentine's day massacre but it's also the reason we have expiration dates on milk balances it really oh, i know it? totally but like they never focus on the fact that the Cray twins, like they they fought in the army, they yep. they were originally called like the firm. They did all of this stuff previous, mm-hmm. and we don't we don't see any of that. Um, but but Tom Hardy plays both of them fantastically. He does, and then he also played Charlie Bronson, and he has also played Al Capone. Yeah, and he has also in the last week, uh, won a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu uh, championship. I was so, so proud of him. <laughs> Um, no, you weren't. You were aroused by him. I um, am, but I was so proud of my future husband, okay? People can be two things, Marlo. <laughs> um, I can be aroused and happy. I oh, really, the... I should be happy if I'm aroused, Marlo. I love the fact he literally said to people, don't take it easy on me because I'm famous, and won anyway. Yeah, I love it. Um, 
Right, the next one, the thing that I was going to talk about before we get to Bandit's potentially controversial and I hope I'm not disappointed thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in the last week, the big thing on TV now is somehow... Uh, well, the big things on TV at the moment... Um, House of Big Birds. I wasn't going to talk about that. Uh, the oh. Cyberpunk series, which oh. somehow has got people playing the game again. It has, um, yeah. So many people are playing the game now. Cyberpunk, I've now watched it. I loved, I, right, I loved the storyline of the game. Uh, the I've game was broken as crap. The series as itself, as an anime, is very, very good. I'm glad they've done it because, to be fair, I, I didn't even know the Cyberpunk series was a thing. And it's kind of refueled my love for Cyberpunk because actually it's very good. I'm just um, glad they didn't pull a Resident Evil. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Well, it's the animated, I usually have a bit more faith in, actually, anyway. Yeah. But also, it's not like Resident Evil in the fact, basing out on the games. Cyberpunk has been a TTRPG for... Oh, yeah, know, no, I know. Years. Like, um, apparently, they're going to make another series. I'd like them to do it character-based, because I kind of want to see Jackie from the game turn up. But mm. um, it's the fact that that has become the big talking point of the week until House of the Dragon shows that it's uh, it's done pretty well. Because I think everyone has forgot that other TV exists at the moment. Uh, yeah. House of the Dragon seems to be the only thing people care about. And this is coming from someone who the only thing I care about right now is House of the Dragon. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I've but, only watched the first two episodes so far. I am fully up to date. And damn, they are rushing through it. Mm-hmm. Which part of me isn't... I, I understand why they've changed the characters, uh, the actors playing... Rhaenyra and um, Alison Hightower because they needed to age them up. But I was like, you're already playing characters that are, you know, early 20s, played by actors in their 20s. Why don't you just use makeup to age them up a little bit? Like, it's not like they've become gone from like 10-year-olds to Mm -hmm. 30-year-olds. Plus, I am heavily attracted to the girl that's been playing Rhaenyra. Um... And I'm I'm not I'm not ashamed to admit that, um, but it's very good. It's very good. It is uh, very good. Bandit, your thing, and we are very much judging you already. So it's better be good. Yeah, let's go for it. Then. Um, so this is something that I came across today, and I thought I would like to talk about this. Um, the Woman King, the Viola Davis movie. Yes. Um. So it's. Uh, In the 1800s, a group of all-female warriors protects the African kingdom of Dahomey with skills and fierceness unlike anything the world has ever seen, right? That's the the, the TLDR of it. So the problem is that while that, like, the Dahomey did have, like, all-female warriors, the Dahomey were fucking horrible people. Like, famously. Historically horrible people, like with without doing too much brutal shit. If you are African American and you are descendants of slaves, there's a a solid chance you your ancestors were sold by the Dahomey to the Americans. (laughs) Like the 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 difference between women in the Dahomey was if they were ugly deemed ugly by the king, they were trained as warriors. If they were deemed pretty by the king, they were sex slaves and nothing else. They actively fought against 
European powers to, um, you know, they wanted to keep their slaves. They wanted to keep slavery when European powers were fighting against it. Um, the problem I'm going to have is that this movie will not address that. They are just going to be... It's going to be a female empowerment movie, which is fine, don't get me wrong, but they are doing it <clears throat> for a group that should be drawn up and dragged I through the mud. I'm not going to comment on it because I don't know anything about it. I know nothing <clears throat> about the tribe either. Um, but I think these are questions that knowing Viola Davis and it watches kind of thought for in the past I would be very surprised if these questions aren't answered in the film yeah because Viola Davis is is well she's a very very fucking strong ass she's a fucking hard ass bitch like I wouldn't want to mess with her mm. oh, um, I wouldn't want to fuck with Viola I, Davis I, I absolutely I'd fucking be love Viola very Davis very surprised if she signed up to a, a film like that where those questions are not raised um this is gonna this is me is it is it a black or a white director um if it's a white director then there's a lot of questions to be raised uh it's black director okay gina oh, okay. prince bythewood i was gonna say because if it was a white person directing that i would then, then yeah there's issues um, oh yeah 100%. she's She's also done Love and, Love and Basketball, Disappearing Acts, Secret Life of Bees, Beyond the Lights, The Old Guard, and then The Woman King, which is the new film, mm. which is out in a few days' time. Interesting. Okay. We shall have to see. Yeah, I, to be fair, I was in the cinema yesterday and I didn't even notice a thing until I saw its poster because I went to see the... Uh, well, I would see Avatar again because it's now in the cinema for two weeks. And... Um, Oh, there's no better film experience than seeing Avatar in 3D. Even today, it lives up to it. I didn't like Avatar. Yeah, no, you're stupid. Avatar I, is the most cinema, cinematogra the cinematography. It's, is the most stunning film. Though. Oh, don't get me wrong. It's beautiful. It's absolutely stunning. I agree with that. But I, can I tell you the story of Avatar? No. Um, I can. Uh, what you need to do is go and watch Dances with Wolves, the Kevin Costa movie, and I've then seen that. then you just colour it in with blue because that's gotcha. the, it's, it's the exact same thing. Oh no, it's it's basically look at uh, people moving to the new world, aka America, and the native uh, the native Navi are the Native Americans and how the Americans treated them and tried to force them out. And lot, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's basically it. But also that's Dances with Wolves. Yeah, but, but it's really pretty. It's also District Nine, but I think I think uh, no, it's definitely like District Nine. Um, I think if if we're basing a film off its simplicity and plot like that, then we wouldn't like many films nowadays. Uh, it's not that, I don't think that it's that's not the reason I don't like it. I think it's a I think to look at the film is one of the most visually appealing films. It's ever. stunning. It's fucking gorgeous to look at. I think the CGI. It was, especially for the time, was fantastic, and I don't. I think it holds up okay now. I think having a film like that, it it. I think the the writing, some of it like falls flat a little bit. But if it's, I can watch Avatar for a visual experience, but I wouldn't watch it for like an actual story. Do you know what I mean? Bala disagrees. He can do. He's entitled to disagree with me. 
I still don't like the nightmare before Christmas, Barlow. I just wanted to put salt in the wound. I hate <laughs> both of you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. That was our nerdy news for the week. Woo! And in this corner. No, yeah, okay. Barlow's going to murder us both. I, I mean, I, I have the I have the clout aspect, so yeah, Bandit, you're definitely first out. Yeah, probably. First no, to get replaced. I, 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 as we found out yesterday, our highest viewed and listened to uh, podcast was the one that you weren't in. So that's true. So that's actually, true. turns out we don't need you. Your did clout. have you did have Emmy there though? Exactly, we had no clout. <laughs> oh yeah, I made that joke already. Whoops. I'm working on part two of that video at the moment. <laughs> uh, oh uh, I was going to do a reversal on, uh, on yours, but I, I genuinely couldn't be bothered. Oh, I've, I've done a version of my videos. It's just being edited at the moment. Um, so, on to the actual topic of today's stream. One, uh, topic of the stream. We can't hate each other as much over. Um... Although I already know one thing that Bandit's going to say that's going to that's going to grind my gears. What? He likes monks. Um, I don't oh. hate them. They're not my favourite, but I only like them because of Flurry of Blows. Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, he also likes Rangers. I'd be more upset about that. No, but he really likes monks. But he also likes playing rangers. Yeah, but he re no, but he re no. like monks are like his favourite to play. But, but Barlow can monks but are Barlow, my favourite to play. But Barlow can can we can can we be associated with someone that likes playing a ranger? Um, Dalton's playing a ranger in my campaign. Dalton, you need to go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> How fucking dare you! Is he enjoying your campaign right now? I can't imagine he is. No, he is. He's the one that's actually pushing the plot line forward. Yeah, do you want to know why? Do you want to know why? Because he's playing a ranger. He has nothing else to do. No, he's basically playing a ranger, but if you don't, if you didn't realise he was a ranger, he's playing a rogue. It's, like, it's one of those ones you'd think he's playing a rogue until you realise he's a rogue. Actually, strictly speaking, he's playing a Pokemon trainer. <laughs> Oh yeah, my God, he is. Actually... I've, gi I've given him so his his uh, familiar Drake, what, is yeah he has drakes, but each of them are evolutions. So he has like one That's drake hilarious. for each uh, like type of magic, well type Element of damage kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's the way we're playing it. But yes, um, D and D, and to be fair, I've seen a load of stuff today because one D and D have just announced how grappling works in their new system. Um, oh yeah, I've heard about that. I haven't yeah, seen it. Yet, basically, do an un you don't have to say just do an unarmed attack, and if you succeed, you're gra you're grappling them. So you can't. It's no longer strength versus strength. It's no longer. See, I preferred it's just, it when it was strength versus yeah, strength. It's no longer monks can now grapple because it's nothing to do with um, athletics anymore. It's literally do an unarmed strike. If if you hit, they're grappled. Which I, I don't like, get, if I'm honest. I feel like this is going to be one of those times where... Do you know how, like, a lot of people who start on 5th Ed look back at people playing 3.5 still and think, that's kind of weird? Yeah. I feel like most people are going to maybe, like, give 1D&D &D a go. Some of them will really enjoy it, which is fine. And then I think a lot of us will probably end up sticking with 5th Ed. 
Oh, I'm definitely sticking, sticking with 5th Ed. I'm waiting to see what everything is in 1D&D because I think there's probably going to be some cool stuff there. Mm. And I'm going to just do what everyone does and ignore the rules I don't like. I mean, <laughs> I know that if they fix burrow speeds, there's one creator that will be very happy. <laughs> well, apparently they're changing um, most of that. So like that's going to be different. Swimming uh, speed is going to be different. Um, but they've already started changing certain things like swimming speeds because of races that have come out with the newer books. Mm. But I think the thing with 1D&D is, is the fact that they said, because they're making a more neutral rule set is the way they've worded it. And it's going to be a more basic. I, personally, I don't know why they're saying one D and D is going to start, and they're going to have it's going to be one rule, one rule to rule them all. And you're like, but Five E and all of its expansions follow the same rules. Yep. So why are we changing that if Five E and every expansion people play follows the Five E rules? Basically, you're just looking at making everything new, and we have to pay for everything new again. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. But I like the fact when you buy the book, you can get it on D&D Beyond without having to pay extra. That is yeah, going to make it. me happy. Yeah. That's the... It's like I love how like Wizards is finally catching up to what the music industry was doing for 15 years. You know, yeah. buy, buy, buy the shirt or buy the album, you get an MP3 for it free. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's... It, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an interesting one when it comes out. I like the way they're doing D&D Beyond for the, um, I can't remember what it's called, but the, the you can actually like buy the, uh, get your figures, like build the maps and everything in D&D Beyond, and you can mm-hmm. play it like it's a game yeah, in that. It's... That's yeah. going to be sick. I have a worry about how much in-game purchases there's going to be, though. I feel like, I, I was talking to another D&D creator about this, and I was saying, if they did it where you could it'd be probably do like a monthly subscription thing right or you mm. could pay x amount at the start so i don't know like 120 dollars or whatever yeah and then you get every expansion for the next two years and then you can do that mm. and it's like that method has worked before with other things i think wizards might do that again i think that'd be cool because having one big thing to shell out at once only messes you up for a, like one month, maybe, and then... yeah, not like your whole life. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in debt. I'm in so much debt to D and Beyond. I think ah. I, I I don't know. I've been watching a lot of videos recently on like when people are saying like how to create a good bad guy and stuff as well, and mm-hmm. it's annoying me. How many people are like this is how you make a good bad guy and obviously every video is different on how to make a good bad guy because so many people forget that it does it doesn't fucking matter like no. let's be honest your bad guy could be in your opinion could be the coolest thing in the world but the players might fucking hate him that's the point yeah. though i think villains are important like i did a yeah I, no, they, I literally... they are but i i'm fed up of people saying that their way of making a good villain is the only way because I think a lot of people forget that what my opinion of a good villain is might be very different to what my party think is a good villain. Yeah. Like... I I did a a thought piece on this. Like, I was on a YouTube... I was doing a YouTube interview on it as well, and it was like, how to make a bad guy. And 
it's like, well, it depends on what kind of bad guy you want. There's loads. There's loads of different types, and they all fit different purposes. Because, let's be honest, you can't... You, for something that is like Avengers, you are not going to want a villain like Jaws. The shark. Because hey. they don't function right. It's like, for Harry Potter, you are not going to want someone, like, as a main villain, like Eric Cartman. Like, it's... Different villains have to fit the story, but, like, villains are proactive and heroes are reactive that's that's unfortunately how narratives work in heroes in hero journeys <laughs> yeah. yeah no it's true um i'm i'm struggling at the moment and i'm going to admit this because uh, anyone that's in my campaign like bandit uh or anyone that how to find something that's mildly original like it is i've had so impossible. many ideas and i've been like trying to work stuff out mainly because i'm trying not to use a lich again um, yeah. So I'm looking at a load of different things. I've got my idea now. I don't know if it's going to work or not. But, like, I, I don't know. I think I've been in so many campaigns where, like, my the, my least favorite thing now is starting a campaign in a bar. I've done it too many yes, times. I've never DM'd 100%. a bar start. But I've been in so many campaigns where that's how they start. And I, I fucking hate it. I, I've, like, I've only been in bar starts, like, twice. I think, and it's they've both been like campaigns that lasted half an hour. Mm. Um, my campaign started in a festival. Ah. I, wonder, I wonder who's you were. Uh, I actually wrote it when I was doing the Thirteen Keys campaign, so I didn't even steal that from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thirteen Keys was like before you even had campaign one going, dude. <laughs> fine, it's fine. I. Uh... I stole stealing it, starting on a boat off someone, but I can't remember who. Um, but it's like I was I was watching. So I've stopped. People are gonna be surprised at this. I've stopped watching Critical Role now because for I me, also have. campaign I've... three has been so drab. I've um, never watched Critical Role. To be fair, campaign one and campaign two were insane, and I will They're say so I will say Critical Role beats everything out there simply for the first two campaigns. But this campaign has been so drab and so samey that I've really struggled until now, where Matt Mercer is, uh, has uh, has killed two people in one session. I love it. Um, and well, he's down four, and two of them are basically dead from the way the last session ended, which I think this campaign needed. Yeah. Um, but what are you guys' opinions on killing party members? I love it. So, I'm not nice. Uh, whenever I kill someone, they're dead. Sorry. Your fault. Idiot. You cast fireball in that room. Face the repercussions. Um, no, but it's one of those ones of, like, I, I believe that... Obviously, I, I understand people get attached to their characters and things like that, which is totally fair. Like, you spent a lot of time and effort making this character, collecting items, bits, bits and pieces like that. But, you know, IRL people die. So are you... Um, so it's it's one of those ones I think that it can't always be sunshine and roses and that there's magically something that brings them back to life or something that magically saves them. I'm a stickler for the for the death save rule. If you if you're down and you fail through death saves, you're you're dead. I think as long as the expectations are set at the beginning of the party, the at the beginning of the game, sorry, then mm-hmm. it's fine. Because like if you want to if you want to run a game where death is 
like something that can actually happen and some of your part some of the players aren't cool with it you'll need to talk with them about it yeah exactly as like as long as everything's established beforehand that's that's kind of fine like i've never killed a party member in a campaign i have i've wanted to kill players but like I've never <laughs> killed a party member. What me when I ask you if I can try and take a small shit on the bed and then fail my constitution save and have explosive diarrhea on the bed? No, that was that was kind of funny. That was funny as fuck. <laughs> but like I'm, I've only died once in a in a campaign. Didn't I kill you? Yeah. By accident. <laughs> yeah, you killed. Uh, you killed. We Harry. thought that there was good. So I came in solely to play a monster in in Barlow's campaign. Um, all based on my obsession with fire bees, uh, bees, which aren't real. Which aren't real. I I made them up, um, but uh, we thought we were gonna have more players, so I set it to be like a, a big old monster that uh, multiple people would have to, or, like you know, get to the brink of death to be able to take down, kind of thing. And I, what was it? I think I killed two characters. Yeah, you killed my character and you killed Ruddy's character and it was Ruddy's first time playing D&D. Oh, yeah, you, really also, you also killed an NPC as well. I did kill an NPC as well. But basically this whole character, like this whole monster that I created, it was like the Firebee Queen, but like all the Firebees were like little nukes going off. So like as they died, they cast Fireball and like... Yeah, ever since that day I've been a bit more strict on... Um, on Fireball? Uh, not Fireball. Um, I was thinking more... Making Please. sure the stats are a little bit more equal. <laughs> well, the thing was, is like I said to you, I built it for there to be multiple people dealing oh, yeah. this we thing. We were missing like, like five people. That... Oh, I know. We were su- we were missing, I think, three people that day, and th- yeah. all three of them were like the DPS tank players. Yeah, the ones that were going to be able to do mass damage, and yeah, it's just all of the characters that were there were, were like failing their throws and shit like that, and yeah. It was a character that wasn't correctly built for the amount of people that we had. See, I, I've killed a few players, uh, both as a player and a DM. I've I've killed one of the players in the campaign before. I've done that uh, as well because my character got really drunk and started challenging everyone to a duel, and I rolled uh, two nat twenties. But I was a cleric fighter multi-class, so I, mm. I kept using action surge, and also as the cleric being a war cleric i could use as many bonus actions as actions as i until i'd run out of my i think i had like five per long rest so i was i was fucking a lot of shit up and Actually, um I just, I just remembered i have killed two players in one session <laughs> i think i think i did inflict wounds at level six on an at 20 um which is we're talking hundreds of damage on that one well i think you, what it's, it's just, 3d just, 10 at level one him. Resident Evil, where like they're going through the laser tunnel and it's just a checkerboard. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's what that's what it is. Inflict like, ruins natural twenty. What level did you say? Level six. I, love, I cast it at level six. Yeah. So what's that? Yeah. Um, Not eleven D. I'm, I'm just trying to work it out. Eleven D six. So it's three D ten naturally. So it would have been. That's it. D ten. So it's nine D ten. Nine D ten. 90 10 and we were doing it the same way i do my nats now which is you get the the full uh, so basically i would have got 90 necrotic damage plus 90 10 so like 
I think I ended up doing like 150 damage in that one hit. And this was not before I'd used my action surge, uh, before I'd used my bonus and turned that into an action. So I ended up doing there on like 250 damage in one round. There wouldn't have been a, there wouldn't have been a person left. Um, but isn't that double up? If it's double your maximum health, it's just an insta kill anywhere. Yes. Like there's no death save, it's just insta. All I'm yeah, imagining no, he, he, is that he, he, this I, I guy. Him. All I'm imagining is this guy looked like when you go to Hiroshima and you've got the buildings that where like where the nuke went off, there was like their shadows got burnt into the buildings. That's what I'm imagining happened to I, this player. No regrets, you know what I'm saying? Um it, to be fair, like the guy kept saying he wanted his character to die. So it just helped until, out. Until then. I did it, and then he decided that that was the worst thing anyone could have ever done in the world. And uh, he left the campaign, never came back. But we were better off well, for it, if I'm honest. I don't think it's the worst thing anyone's ever done in the world. I mean, child molesters are a thing. That's true. So many things I'd say right now, but we're streaming. Um, yeah. But I think, like, there, there was. I don't know. I've quite happily killed players as a DM. Um, I'm going to be honest. Bandit, I'm surprised your character's lasted as long as he has. And mm -hmm. not taking a single bit of damage in the entire campaign so far. He has taken it, but it's never been, like, a lot. It's always been, like, small amounts of damage just because, you know, rogue. There was someone in the last campaign that I was actively trying to kill because they were pissing me off. And I, I as a DM, I just wanted them dead. But I was like, I, I want you dead, for you. and I don't want them back in my campaign. And I couldn't do it, and then, yeah. I um, tried to kill them for you, and I kept, unfortunately. Is there anything you guys have done in campaigns where you've, like, you've done it, and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm never... as This could be as a DM or as a player, where you've done it, or there's been a rule that you've done, and you thought, I'm never doing that again. Like, I'm never allowing people to do that again. That was stupid a couple uh, so like personally I i'd never give the deck of many things as easy uh, away as easily uh, yeah as no absolutely not No, that's just a recipe for disaster yeah it was and also we realized at the end that they were using it wrong yeah actually yeah yeah we realized that they weren't following the correct rules on it no they, so weren't. they were overusing it and they shouldn't have been able to i think one thing that i did that i kind of been like hell no i'm never doing that again is uh I did. I had a character that had wild magic. Um, wild and magic. And instead of like rolling for what they cast, kind of thing, I kind of just let them choose. I'm like, yeah, I'm never doing that again. I don't. Yeah, when I play wild magic, though, I kind of like. I, I hate it at the same time, but part of the fun of it is the spontaneous. Yeah, it's like you could just accidentally just cast Featherfall. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like you're trying to jam it, you cast Featherfall. But like, I let them choose in the aspect that they were choosing things that I, I probably shouldn't have let them cast at the level that they were at. It's like when you cast... It's one of my favourite spells is Chaos Bolt. Because yeah, you have to same. roll to see what damage it is. And I've yeah. been in campaign campaigns where i've done damage that they're just completely you know invulnerable to so mm -hmm. like i'm wasting a spell slot but it, it's part of the the reason why you choose them yeah exactly so this happened before uh artifices became a thing really so this is like pre-tashes 
Um, obviously, I know they actually did exist before then, but before they became canon. Before they became, like, properly playable, yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a thing which I heard about, and one one of the DMs I had let me do, and none of the others did. Which I, And it's a rule I really like, actually. And it's allowing players to build gadgets if they can think of them. Yes. And if their character could logically come to that conclusion. Yeah. Because um, there was um, one of my characters... He it was a homebrew subclass. It was a saboteur, so he was explosives. Mm-hmm. But um, he also wanted utility. He was more utility-based stuff. So I said, "Can I create a grappling hook that will just pull me to places? That it'll take, and I'll do a balancing thing where you know it'll cool down like this, and this is how we'll do it." Is as and the DM was like, "Yeah, we'll we'll take a few like days in game to source all the stuff, all that jazz." That was fine. And every time I've said, what's rules on crafting? And they've just said, we don't do it. And it's a bit of a shame because I think it's a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. Like and I know, like, I know, like, you've let me use homebrew items, Barlow. But, like, I've never I've never actually asked you to craft things because artifices exist now. It's a bit different. But yeah. this is, like, pre-artifices. Pre-artifice, yeah. yeah, I think before artifices, I'd have definitely been allowing for it. Uh, to be yeah. fair, I've done I've done Star Wars campaigns where like mm-hmm. artifices don't exist. You've got engineers, but the way it's worded is they can only repair shit. Um, they can't make shit. Yeah. yeah. So like I've always allowed it as long as it makes sense. Well, even if it doesn't make sense, but then they just build it in successfully, um, and then you do roles based on it. Because I think a lot of the time where people, I've seen campaigns where DMs are like, no, you can't do that. I'm just like, well, just let them roll because they might fail the role anyway. Like, and I think. I think in a lot of campaigns now, um, I've seen oh, you see a lot more DMs that, and it doesn't count as railroading where a DM says you can't do this, but if it's not in the rules, I feel like we need more yes and in campaigns now. Um, yeah, I agree. Because I've seen so many DMs just like straight up reject shit that yeah. like you then they've not even explored the option of that. They've just said no because it's not in their plan. And like, mm. and that's I mean, railroading. It's fuck. Yeah, I mean, hell, if I railroaded my campaign, we'd be, I don't know, on a different island by now. Yeah. My players are stupid, so like, and I just let them be stupid. But they've made stupid decisions, and they're going to face what? stupid consequences. What <laughs> is play, what... play stupid games, win stupid prizes? Not just that. You guys have noticed that you're being followed by a hooded figure, and you're not doing anything about it. And like, of course, you're being followed by a potential bounty hunter. You guys have done a lot of shit. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, no, we're just like we were too busy in a traumatic experience um, to find out what the traumatic experience is. Watch Moonlight Vigil, available on YouTube. Yeah, and I almost made people cry because I did a sad speech. It, um, it, was a, it, it actually was a very good speech. You have to watch that. What in D and D, whether it's like monsters, class, race, whatever, uh, genuinely pisses you off? I know mine. Mind flares. Um, no, well, no, mine's not mind flares, but that's understandable. Baldur's Gate was a whole thing, um... and it still haven't even fully released the game yet. It's, no. I've completed as much as you can. There is yeah. no quest that I haven't done in that in my last playthrough. In fact, everyone's dead that's not an elf. 
Because me and my friend said, we're going to make racist elf twins. So our followers are all at least half elf. And everyone that's not an elf is dead. So the druid Ish. tribe, we can't do the druid tribe missions because we killed them all. So yeah. <laughs> um. Alright, what's yours? I'm, I'm going to have to think. I think. Living shadows. I hate them. Because, right, okay, they're very low-level monsters, right? But, you, you kill one, another pops up. Their movement speed is insane. If you get killed by a living shadow, there's now just another shadow that your party have to deal with. Like, okay, that is I that fucking, is fair. That I is fair. fucking hate them. They're really, this is the thing, if you have any form of, like, uh, holy magic or anything like that, so paladins are really good against um shadows and things like that but if you don't have a paladin in your party right <laughs> trying to kill these things is fucking annoying because they are resistant to almost everything <laughs> yeah that's fair that that yeah Be super fair. low hit points but they can also heal themselves yeah super low hit points but it's because they don't take damage no <laughs> <laughs> like they're resistant to everything they're incredibly hard to kill because of that they can heal themselves like i said if a party member gets captured and killed by a shadow you now have two shadows to fucking deal with um they're just annoying they're so annoying what about you bandit there's not a lot that does honestly um i've had one problem where i was very annoyed and it was just because of how it is just something that I will have to deal with. And it was just the guidance cantrip. Okay. And I think it's a fine cantrip and and I've got a workaround now. But one time when I was running a campaign, um the player had the guidance cantrip. And before literally everything, they were in a dire situation, just guidance, and I'm like Okay, guidance, okay, guidance, okay, guidance, okay. Like, look, I know that's what they're there for, it's a cantrip, but please change your fucking tune for a minute, right? <laughs> and it was just an annoyance of mine. Like, I th the guidance, guidance is a fine cantrip, I don't have an issue with that, it was probably just that player just abusing it. Yeah, I think, as well, my most hated is when people say it after, after you say you're going to do something, and they're like, oh, by the way, I cast guidance, you're like, no, you didn't. You you didn't cast it. You've missed your turn. You can cast it next time around. Like, but I, but I, but in character I would have cast it, but you didn't. Yeah, but you are playing that character and you didn't. So yeah, <laughs> you are that character and you didn't say guidance. Yeah, this this was very very fresh DM bandit before I'd like I'd been doing it for a bit. Um, it was like for my first campaign and uh, I was just so uninitiated with how certain players can abuse rules, especially if they know them very well. And now I'm a little bit... I'm not Obviously, I'm not strict. Like, you you guys have both been in my games. I'm I'm not strict in the fucking slightest in D&D. No. &D. But um, it was just like, I need to keep an eye on things like that. Keep an eye on guidance. It's a fucky tool that can mess, um, up, mess up your day. There are three things that I want to bring up. Maybe four. First of all, gnomes. Gnomes are uh, yeah. game breaking if played if if it's so easy to min max. Um, yeah. 
And also, I hate people that play gnomes. For when they do the whole, I'm a gnome. I'm going to spend half of our playtime today telling you one sentence because I speak really slowly. I get that it's a character thing, but it pisses me off. <laughs> they either speak super slowly or super quick with a really un- like unintelligible Irish accent. True. Secondly, glena- was it gelatinous cubes? Uh, because the- they can... Yeah. In- it- unless you've got a wisdom of a fif- above 15, you're getting stuck in that thing and it's very hard to get out of it. Um, as a DM, love it. As a player, hate it. Another one, and I'm, I want to use these at some point because they are the worst thing in existence. I'm going to use these to a point where I've given out weapons that I regret giving away. Rust monsters. I love rust monsters. Because if your weapon touches them, you ain't using that weapon again. <clears throat> I love rust monsters. And um, They're so cool. This one annoys me more than anything in the world. Um, but it shouldn't. These are a staple in undead, but I will never use them. Ghouls. Yeah. Because their claw attack paralyzes you. And that means you could literally have an entire, like, round go amiss. Because players can't do anything. Um, I think they're very broken, especially considering, like, in most games and in most lore... Um, I would say that ghouls are not supposed to be very strong. And they don't do much. So I think giving them that, I think it's a very broken ability. Well, in folklore, aren't ghouls just like people being bitten by vampires that haven't turned into vampires? They just turn into like thralls or whatever. But they'd be they, they're, they're similar to that. But I, I wouldn't say that's exactly what they're like. Um, uh, yeah, that's probably the best way to describe them, to be fair. But like... You could literally have an entire encounter that's like, player one, what do you do? Nothing, I, I'm paralyzed. Okay, player two. Yeah, I, I can't do anything. Player three, rolls, misses, and they get paralyzed. Like, I think they're just a bit frustrating. Um, How, how do you guys feel about very, very random encounters? It, what do you mean by like they just walk in a field and then there's an encounter or something? Not so much that, like so much they've. Well, it depends. It just just random encounters in general. Like it could be that, or like last week where you guys were trying to sleep and you're attacked by wolves. Like, or there's like bandits yeah. on the street and stuff. I oh no, that's great. That's great. I don't mind know. them as long as they're not like constant, because then they're lo- no longer random encounters. It's just a, oh, when we're going down a road, we're going to bump into some kind of issue. Like, I don't like it being, like, an expectation that it's going to happen. I like it to be a surprise, but when it is, like, surprise, I think it's good. Yeah, obviously, if, you, if you're if overusing, then that's a problem. Like mm. Same with best, anything, though. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, the thing is, if you, it's whether you are to expect it. Like, if you are going, like I say, with our, with the Moonlight Vigil campaign, we were attacked by wolves. We were camping in a forest. There is a high chance wolves are going to show up. That is, or like it could have been the same with bandits, or any other like nocturnal predators. Like you go sailing on a 
on a scene known to be filled with monsters, there's a high fucking chance that, you know, the Kraken's going to want to take a bite out of your ship. Mm-hmm. That is just... I Sea battles, I just think, need to be... I think D&D need to make them better. Oh, they I absolutely think, do. I think the thing is, like, there's so many campaigns now which requires you to get on boats and stuff. I just feel like they're so hard to DM. Like they can be, uh, a boat encounters definitely can be. And I think boats are so the the rules for sea battles are so badly done. Like my I'm mate rewrote the entire thing, and it made it better, but I still didn't get it. Any time that there's a boat encounter, I just turn it into a mimic, mimic ship. I'm not gonna lie. I haven't. Did I do that in campaign two? You did, yeah. And then was it? Um... Kai spawned a load of. <laughs> he spawned ninety three cows. No, no, that was that dropped. was that wasn't on the ship though. The ship he Is that did. Not on um, the ship? No, he did. Um, oh, what are the 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 insects that eat through wood? Oh, termites. That was yeah. it. He, he spawned, he spawned a, thou- a, a, a thousand termites. Yeah. Inside and a mimic. Because <laughs> then we like ended up like uh researching how fast termites can eat through wood and things like that to be able to like see how much damage was being taken. I remember that. Um but no, when he dropped the ninety three cows, I was like, What the fuck? And I made him roll damage for it. <laughs> I know, it was hilarious. Is there anything that you've really wanted to do in a campaign that's like I know Bandit touched on it earlier with crafting that you weren't allowed to do that you wish you could have done? Um, yeah, crafting is probably mine back then. Yeah. Now I'm uh, now I'm pretty much sated for whatever I really want to do because Barlow's a really reasonable DM, it, provided it's not taking the piss. He'll let you do anything. Yeah, exactly. That's taking the piss. Mine is I wanted to use create or destroy water on a person because people are made of like <laughs> 90 like what is it like 75 percent water yeah. so i was like can i use destroy water on this person and just cripple them and they were like no you could if you target the, if you target the lungs um but you that, can you can seriously like kill someone with that but that's what i mean that's what i wanted to do and i just got outright told no and i was like it's like heat using heat metal to eat the to heat the iron in someone's blood like that level of shit yeah <laughs> I think it's great. As long as you're not doing it all the time, don't get me wrong, you can't just go off and be like, I'm going to do this again. But like, if it's a scenario calls for it. I would love to DM an encounter where the players basically realise they're not going to win and actually try and flee. That'd Um, be cool. And I do have, there is going to be an encounter and, oh, spoiler alert, there is likely going to be an encounter that I, I personally, I, I don't think my players can win. Um, but I've got enough trust in them to not be stupid. And by that, I mean, well, they are stupid. I've got enough trust in 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 which characters? Um, probably yeah. none of them. The to... actual... Okay, so when you say you've got trust in characters, you mean probably No, I've got Marcus... trust in the players, but not trust in, in the character. No, because Marcus will stand and fight. Marcus will stand and fight. Faven will get down straight away regardless. It doesn't matter. He will start the fight. 
Astalia will wild shape and hope for the best. Cairo will just hide, and Cairo will survive from that. And Ithis will probably get downed because they wounded his his, his little Drake. Ithis just won't wake up. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, oh yeah, that was it, Sammy. You'd love that. When we did the wolf encounter at night, I made them roll to see if the noise woke them up. Um, Dalton's character slept through the entire encounter. I absolutely love he that. Didn't roll above a ten. That'd be me, like IRL. People getting murdered by wolves, and I'm just there like... Um, he woke up to three NPCs dead on the ground and a load of dead wolves. Um, I think, yeah, I think for me, I'd love to DM a, uh, uh, a... In fact, I've been in as a player one kind of boss battle where we fled. And mm. I also think I'd love to see... And again, I've been in campaigns where we've done this, but I've never DM'd it where rather than fighting they find another way of getting out of it i think mm-hmm. there was a bit before where they managed to talk a dragon down but like i still think there's bits where they could use their surroundings more mm. than than strictly going in all guns blazing we're gonna we're gonna attack this thing mm-hmm. i th- yeah i think encounters where there are more map hazards than just things you can hit with a big stick they're yeah. the more interesting ones, I think. Like... That's why I tried to do a Beholder before, and they're fucking nightmares to the end. Uh, <laughs> but, like, they stop... Like, when they're looking at you, you can't use magic. Nope. Um, and it worked for a bit. That was quite a long encounter, because most of the damage from the party in Campaign 2 came from spells. And the mm. Beholder just made it redundant. Similar thing happened when we did the one where most of us were spellcasters, and you threw, like, a bunch of mage eaters at us. That was funny. That was hilarious. That almost that that was almost a TPK. That almost killed us. Yeah. That was very almost a TPK. Um, but also, I think, like, it... I think I had one hit point left, and one other person was still standing. Yeah, I think you've done campaign. What your your campaign? The like the session where um, you had the golems that were attracted to magic users. Oh yeah, the um, adamantium golems. Yeah, didn't stop me. But like, no, you just cast magic anyway. <laughs> well, no, because we were doing it. Everyone was just like, oh, it's being attracted to where the magic was cast. And I was like, and we're on a moving boat. I'm going to cast it here. And by the time it gets here, we won't be here. Like, and everyone was just like, There's, that, that's not logical. I went, no, it's literally how it logical. works. But also the case that I was doing, like, I mean, I was a war cleric. They're kind you of were. They're kind of broken for DPS. Which is I why mean, I play them so often. The thing is, as well, is just I remember with that campaign because there was like everyone was mo- most people. It was like their first time playing D and D and things like that, and um, it, it was a case of like they were like doing like I don't know like maximum like twelve damage per like hit and things like that. That was that was then, base for me. And then you just like walked in. I was like, right, firstly, I'm gonna hit him with my hammer. <laughs> I was like, cool. This hat and this in Warhammer does like what 36 damage next turn it was not just that it was also like um casting like the first attack i did they're like oh they're around the corner okay guiding bolt yeah nat 20 but but then it was like the uh, it was the one afterwards where you were like casting flick wounds and you nat 20 that and i was like yeah they just shrivel up (laughs) they literally turn into beef jerky like the only other one that could contest that was when Kai was playing a druid and he cast Shalele 
Nat 20'd on the hit, and he just like belted the guy off the boat. That campaign was fun as well, considering I was, and I really want to re- replay this character at some point because I was playing a a cleric. V. Yeah, I you mean I'm playing a I was I'm a priest, but I can't really remember what more. My God, it's like preaches, your, your God, your... I'm just making it up as I go along. If I'm being honest, no, it was it was the the God that you worshipped was, was a ghost. Fault, like it was a God that oh, made. No, it was a real God, but I couldn't quote anything correctly, so I just said you something. You couldn't do went, anything correctly, but then you thought that committing sin was a good thing. Yeah, because they they were like the God. You of... like sacrificed the gods. <laughs> yeah, so they were like the God of peace. And my my the only way you could be peaceful is if I kill everyone that's mildly aggressive. Yeah. So like yeah. So it's just like if someone was mildly annoying, I'd kill them, and that breeds peace. Oh, it was a great character. <laughs> it was a do great you, character. So, do you guys have any favorite NPCs you've encountered? Whether like watch say like watching Critical Role or something, or I, I I knew that was coming anyway, but like what no, not like not whether Greg. what watching Critical Role or, like, anything else. Mate, Matt, any Matt Mercer just makes NPCs <laughs> that you just know there. And I think it's not even... I can't really name any NPCs from Matt Mercer's that I've loved because they've they've all been great. I can name guest characters that I've loved that I've fallen in love with um, that have been in for, like, one session. Um, I think I'd actually like they count as well because they're not party members. Like, uh, I think... Is his name... Is his name Hex? Uh... I mean, my favourite is one that I made up, but it's because I thought of the name at like 3am in the morning. <laughs> Which one? Girth. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it, was, it was a dragonborn named Girth and his master was a guy named Gumbum. Yeah, I remember that. And then... And then there's also the uh, the the the, uh, the sentient vegetables from my one that was don't enter the fridge, and it was about oh, yeah. uh, going into the fridge and you having to collect the ingredients for a specific stew, and the ending of it was that you guys were like the last ingredients and had to fight the cook, but like the sentient vegetables. So there was like I basically took like stats from uh, different monsters but turned them into like asparagus and tomatoes and. And the the like the the, the the like the big bad in it before you realise it's the cook was a a wizard that was a spoon. Yeah, it was I just mean, like flying around. I think had a little cape and a hat on. Yeah, my favourite from Critical Role is Shikaster. Um, he was only in. I think they called. They did a load of callbacks to him, but it was. I believe the voice actor was the same guy who played. Um, oh, he was in. He was in The Walking Dead. The one that had the tiger. Oh, uh, Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Yeah, Car- Kari Payton. Um, yeah, that's the one. Um, and obviously his voice is incredible anyway. But yeah, like he was playing different. like somewhat of a a blind old flirt. He was, he was a bachelor that couldn't see much and he was quite old. But he was, um, I believe, a, he- a Hexblade Warlock. Oh, I love him. He just seemed so chill. A simp. You know something I do want to see more play of, uh, and it's only because I really enjoy playing them, but it's really hard to find a DM that can help you play them correctly because it is very a part and parcel thing, is Seers. Yes. But that does require a lot of work as a DM. It does. That's what I mean. It's like it's a lot of work as the player and the DM because you have to have a constant like narrative. Um, 
but I've played a seal once in a campaign uh, and I loved it. I absolutely adored it. Um, essentially, it was a case of like they'd committed like a heinous sin. Um, so they like wanted to repent and they did so by uh, no, it was they witnessed a horrific sin and they wanted to repent for what they witnessed. So they cut out their eyes and they got get, given the power of being able to see. Um, but essentially what it was is that they weren't like a full-blown seer yet because they were in their early days. Um, so they would have vivid imagery, but it was almost like blurred. So it's like they could see and hear what was going on, but they couldn't quite see details of who it was, what it was, when it was, and things like that, because then it kept it the case that they weren't just like able to see into the future and tell the party what was going to happen. I think I they're... Oh, sorry, Bernie, you go first. That's it. My favourite two... My two favourite NPCs... Um, one that I made that I still love using that Sammy has killed several hundred times Chadicus Rex because <laughs> he's just he a annoys fun, me <laughs> he's just a fun character but um, another one that I didn't even is another one I have made right openly admit um, but they weren't it's a group of them but they weren't intended to be like proper NPCs but once again, Sammy stepped in. Um, if Sammy, you remember back when we did the secrets of the rail yard to test out Gil's um, warlock subclass, parasite subclass. Yes, the parasite subclass. Yeah. Yeah, and you decided to pretend to be the mother of the seven norms. <laughs> I, I did do that. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't planning on giving them backstory. They were just meant to be there. Sure yeah, also, I was just like, I was like, if I pretend to be that, I no, I think I pretended to be their dad. Yeah, yeah, it was. One it was two. dad, but it was like one of those ones of like I came in and I was like, oh, my sons, and it's like <laughs> it was like I was having to play this, and then they immediately it was suddenly that their father had gone away to war or something like that, and suddenly come back, and I yeah. managed, I managed to roll high enough in deception that they actually believed. I was I their father. I would also be remiss if I didn't mention the Tiger Man with backwards hands. Mm -hmm. Everyone loves everyone loves the Tiger Man with backwards hands. Tiger Man also, with backwards hands needs, but the fact is that's not even because that's not even an NPC. Like, yeah. I love how everyone everyone still brings up the fact that Tiger had backwards hands. Like, yes, because it's an actual fiend that exists. Because Rukshasas have backwards hands and they're tigers. Um, yeah, like we say, but also he's hands. coming back because he has to because you can't kill a rickshaw unless you kill him in the nine house so True. yeah but i still love him yeah because you pretended hard. to be him for more than what he was <laughs> i feel like you got more screen time pretending to be him than he got himself and it meant that Forenze got more work l got scientific funding actually that's and... a good point yeah my favorite NPC is Forenze. uh <laughs> Who we've managed to keep going. Like Tyler played one session as him, and yet Forenze keeps getting name dropped because his story continued, even though the guest appearance has not come back yet. I'd like to do a guest appearance on yours at some point. I haven't played D and D in a really long time. Do it. You know, you could just message me on a Monday and go. Yeah, play. no, hundred percent. Um, especially now we're in the we're now actually finally in the dwarven capital. They almost got into the castle. And now we're the other side of the city because I just everything... want to make a character that's basically Cassidy from Preacher. Nice. That's See, my next like goal. I really want to make a true to the book 
lizard folk character. Like I actually want to make a lizard folk as lizard folk are supposed to play. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that could be really fun. And he's gonna be a bard. Love that. <laughs> so he's. <laughs> I, I want to play. I've said. I think I've said this before. I want to play a warlock bard. Um, that sell that makes a pact with uh, a fiend or a devil to be the greatest rock star. Basically, pick a destiny. Yeah, I mean, I'd go with like for this like Cassidy s character. I'd go with like a um, Dampier bard. But I'd make them a comedian, like a comedian bard. So they're coming out and they're like, their their vicious mockery is them roasting people. See, that's one rule that I love that I play vicious mockery. If you're gonna use it, tell tell it. me tell me the mockery because like it, I won't even like roll. Like you succeed if it makes me laugh. But and if I die like... laughing, that's that's a crit. Like uh, it's it's the same as like um. I'm the same with uh, Bardic Inspiration. Like, tell me what you say. Like, if you, it's a poem, a limerick, a song, tell me what you do. Like, yeah, because I, I really don't like it when people are just like, I'm going to use... Well, here's Bardic Inspiration. Yeah, well, like, cool, but how do you it's, do that? It's the same with when I have, um, was it, um, Healing Word. I'm like, then what do you tell them to heal them? What do you say? Like, do you whisper I normally say some funny... Me? I save the really dumb shit, like... Like... Tavern's having a two-for-one sale on beer. <laughs> like, like, that's the kind of shit that's that I do. That's one of Sammy's two word. accents, guys. That's literally the only accent you ever hear, you dirty bastards. The other one is Korg, because I am made of rocks. You mean? You mean? Korg also gives hairball lollipops to her friends. <laughs> Korg does do that. And then um, they don't get you. <laughs> <laughs> so, what order do you want to do this in, guys? Because we've got the universes thing that we're going to look at. But do you want to do your do rankings first? first? I think the classes first because I think largely it's going to be um, we can just go through and then we won't have to explain much about it. We are that... just doing like basic classes, aren't we? I mean, I'm going to be honest. If we're including Blood Hunter, that's at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we all just agree, Blood Hunters at the bottom. But, nope. at the, but as if we're talking about universes, I imagine that like we there's a high chance that we could all have different universes. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. That require a little bit more explanation, I think. Yeah. So yeah, let's go through our classes. Uh, Sammy, what about what, what's your classes? Oh, what is in? Are we doing it so we're like saying our worst to worst best? To best. Uh, are we going to do it yeah. one by one like we did last time? Because I enjoyed uh, that. Uh, how many are there? Just, let's confirm that you've all got the right amount. There's 14 including Bloodhunter. Yeah, I have 13 here and I didn't include Bloodhunter. So in which case I have 13. I've got 13. Okay, cool. We good so Bandit's made up a, made up a class. It's oh no, he included Bloodhunter. Oh, I've, included, I've included Bloodhunter. Then you are missing a class. The fuck am I missing? I'm missing one that's probably gonna go very low on my list then. Uh hold on. D and D classes. What am I missing? Uh one, two, three, four. 
How about this? Because we're going mainly off of Bandit's one, Bandit, read out all of the classes and we'll see if we match them. Okay, so the classes that are in Dungeons & Dragons are Artificer, Barbarian, Bard, Cleric, Druid, Fighter, Monk, Paladin, Ranger, Rogue, Sorcerer, Warlock, Wizard, and then not including this list, but Bloodhunter as well. Okay, you went too fast, so that did not help me. Um... Okay, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it slowly. One second. Yeah, you gotta give me time because I've got a list in a row, and because you're not doing it in the same order, doesn't help. Artificer. Yes. I mean, Barbarian. Yes. Bard. Yes. Cleric. Yes. Yeah. Druid. Yeah. Yeah. Fighter. Yeah. No, I'm missing the most basic one. The one that, the one no, that sucks. <laughs> I, I don't think we need to um, go any further. We find which one Barlow was missing. <laughs> I know, but go through them just again because I need to double count mine. Um, so I got to fighter, um, monk. Yeah, I've got monk. Paladin. I think I was missing paladin, but keep going just in case. Ranger. Yeah. Rogue. Yeah. Sorcerer. Warlock and Wizard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was Paladin was who I was missing. Cool. Uh, my least favourite, Barbarians. They suck. Uh, same with me. Barbarians, my least favourite. Rangers. They're coming. I fucking hate them of course, too. Of course, <laughs> no. Rangers are my least favourite. My least I just I just find barbarians so boring to play. The very very one not. Yeah. I think like cool. you can, It's like I, cool. I'm gonna rage and now I'm gonna hit something. I think you can have an absolute lot of fun with a barbarian. It's like I think you can have a lot of fun with any of these classes really. But um, I don't. It, you can't have it, fun playing a ranger. <laughs> <laughs> but no, barbarians is not fun. I don't think they're very fun to DM for either personally. Yeah. Um, okay. One above that. One above that, uh, for me, it is Ranger. Uh, for me, it's Fighter. For me, it's Bloodhunter. Oh, we are including Bloodhunters. Yeah, I've, I'm including them. Okay, In then. It's my least favourite Bloodhunter. Yeah, same. <laughs> okay, it's Bloodhunter, then Bloodhunter. No, I've, I've seen Bloodhunters used really, really well. I don't like them. Okay, yeah, so, uh, yeah, then it would be... So what's your third then, Barlow? Because mine goes Bloodhunter, Barbarian, Ranger, Monks. Bandits. They're pathetic. All they do is slap stuff really fast. I hate them. I hate DMing them. They're rubbish. Well, they're not rubbish. They're just annoying. I will never play as a monk. I used a monk for, like, ten minutes. I wanted to kill myself. Trying to DM trying to DM two monks in one campaign is awful. God, I, can't I hate them. The fact they can catch randomly any projectile i got screwed over by two monks catching a trebuchet bullet that shouldn't happen they should be able to catch but no because it, no it, it does it's in the rules i don't like it <laughs> uh next dummy fighter i hate fighters with a burning uh, passion they're just incredibly boring uh sorcerers my least favorite of the caster classes i, I... I find them really... I, I, I don't like the sorcery points mechanic, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can be used well, but I just don't like the mechanic. 
fighters. They're basic. They, can, they are basic they, as fuck. They're, they're, they're on... really good if you've never played D&D before, but in general. Oh no, yeah. no, I got it wrong. It's not fighters. Fighters aren't there. I've... Barbarians! Oh. <laughs> they're there. Because they are be there, there can be some fun multi-classes. Like, I played a Barbarian Druid before, and that was really fun. But that was also min-max to high hell. Because everyone else was min-maxing, and I went, fuck it, I'm going to do it too. And I managed to out-min-max them by, by basically making uh, a bear that can rage. It's amazing. <laughs> a bear with a knife, you may say. I don't know, I... I think like the reason I actually put fighters above by barbarians is because fighters are just way more versatile. I don't know they're meant to be like because you can play them about four different fucking ways, but they're still kind of boring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're they're very boring to so, me. So who is your uh, one, two, three, four? It's sixth, sixth worst. Fifth, isn't it? Bloodhunters, barbarian, rager, fighter. So my next one is oh. wizards. Yes, take one d four sneezing damage and you die. <clears throat> Mine is. Mine is also wizards for slightly similar reasons. Mine is now fighter. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, because of those reasons we said before, I'm seeing. I, I can multi, I can multi-class them quite easily, but like that's mm. it. Um, I think, unfortunately for me, most melee classes I will only ever multi-class. Apart from monks and rangers, I'll never touch them. I hate them. Making I might, monks. you know what? I might do a monk ranger multi-class. Let's see how bad that is. Awful. That sounds I, terrible. A, a swarm keeper monk. I would like that. You're a monk, but you just punch with bees. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a, that sounds okay. amazing. That sounds like a great time. Uh, <laughs> speaking of monks, my next one is monk. My next is paladin. Mine is artificer. Oh. I, it's just everyone I've ever had in a campaign that's played one has been shit. Apart it's from a good artificer. Yeah, but I only played you once a month. True. And like but we had fun when Gil played one. He kept having ideas of what to do, but never did them. Like, oh yeah, no, Gil's artificer pissed me off. Like yeah, it's Art artificers could be incredible. I've just never seen them fully utilised in an entire campaign. Other than Ratchet. Yeah, but that, Ratchet. Wasn't, that wasn't an entire campaign. But Ratchet made explosive tinker toys. I think working with Ratchet as like a character was a lot of fun. Because mm -hmm. I think I gave you the right amount of freedom to do whatever the fuck you wanted. Yeah, you, you made it so that I had to source materials to be able to do what I wanted to do, but you let me start taking the expertise in explosives, hence why I was able to find a toy shop, uh, purchase a bunch of like old tin toys, and put explosives in them. Yeah, it was uh, it was good fun. I like the amateur outfaces. Yeah. Uh... uh my next one is Sorcerer. Uh, mine's... Why play a Sorcerer when you can play a Warlock? That's my mentality. Mine's Cleric because I generally have... I have generally don't like the Tin Can God Botherers, so I've put them both together. Like, <laughs> I, I, Honestly, I, I'll say this. I, I have had fun playing a Cleric before. I just didn't enjoy it compared to like, like other, other classes I've played. Fair enough. And I've seen clerics played very, very well. 
-hmm. but they are bust as fuck. <laughs> uh, Barlow? Sorry, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in chat right now. Um, my next word, Paladin. Fair. If you want, if you want to play a melee healer, play a cleric. <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally, what I say. Uh, my next one was paladin for exactly the same reasons. Um, my next one is ranger. Ew. Because <laughs> okay, I rangers. I How are rangers so high on your list? Because I know rangers aren't good, but Drake Warden is fun. I, I liked having a pet Drake when I played in uh, a campaign. Also, I can enjoy something even if even though I know it's bad. I can. I mean, Barlow knows all about that. He enjoys the Green Lantern movie. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the Green Lantern movie. Everything's wrong, wrong with it. That. But it's, so it's, it's entertaining it. and it makes me smile when I'm depressed. All right, that's the episode name. Nothing's wrong with the Green Lantern movie. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. That's what it is. Sorted. I'm gonna um, write that down, ready. Nothing yeah, um, wrong with the Green Lantern movie. My in quotation uh, marks. My, my my next one is Rogue. Uh, I do like playing work rogues, but only when I can get to the point where I can either play a swashbuckler rogue or an assassin. Uh, my next one is Bard. Hmm. Because is it because you don't want to fuck everything because you're asexual? Yes, precisely. Yeah, that. I knew it. Um, it's it's because I can't play the seduct the seductress very well. No, <laughs> um, I actually I pretty much everything from Bard upwards I love playing. It was, this is just down to what I would go to. In a no, that's play. totally that's totally fair. I've had so much fun playing Bards because you get to be a flamboyant shithead more yeah. so than any other class. Yeah, mine's a wizard. I really like the idea of them. That's where it ends. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like <laughs> I've played. I've played three wizards, and I've genuinely got them all killed off because it's one of those ones where, like, I feel like it's a great idea at the time, and then I start playing them, and I fucking hate them. Like, I don't. It's not even a case of I. I feel like I don't hate the class, I hate the characters that play wizards. Like, it's one of those ones where, like, I don't hate you as a person, but if you support Man United, I'm going to hate you. Like, and that's the same thing. I don't, you, might have the, you might have the best character idea in the world, and then you pick wizard. Like... And it's it's just it a wizard yeah one d four sneezing damage like, like like genuinely the what good comes from being a wizard oh yeah I get these three random orbs that just hit you congratulations you are useless until you're level ten yeah basically but bla blade singing made them mildly useless why because it stopped them being killable that's it mm. that's all it did it just stopped it was like oh yeah like so and to be fair this is why. I like I, I love Stefan as a D&D &D player because he is the only one that I will ever willingly allow to play a wizard because he can play them well. Not just yes. that, he could also min-max the fuck out of them, which he is great at. But, like, he has proven why Bladesingen could be great. I played Bladesingen wizards before. No, I quit the campaign. I messaged the DM and said, I don't want to play anymore. It wasn't the campaign's fault. It was the character I was playing. I hated them. I hated them more than I hated Madeline McCann's parents. That's saying something. Her parents are shitheads. Anyway. So uh, 
my next one is druid. Uh, I've got I, a wall. I've got a warlock. I I do like playing druids. Um, it's just one of those ones that I don't reach for them very often. Don't reach much. I am very short. Yes. Yeah. Uh, warlocks. My fav. My favorite out of if you count them as the three caster classes, even though there's more than that. Oh, hex, Warlock... hex, hexblade is just. Warlocks are just so fun to play. When you start out as well, if you play a Hexblade Warlock, um, especially at a low level, you can do some serious damage. Keep mine. Rogues. I love being the reason why the party never get anything done. I love being the I love being railroaded as a, a rogue. And by that I mean I love pissing every player off to the point where I basically become my own party's enemy and they only allow me to play my character when it suits them. And by that, they tie my character up and drag me along because they don't trust my characters when I play a rogue. That's how rogues are supposed to be played, in my opinion. If you aren't stealing stuff off your party, you're not playing the character correctly. Who plays a rogue that's aligned good? It's in the title! You're a rogue. I feel called out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's like there's stuff that your character has done that they can't remember. Like, and you've broke pick locks and stuff. I've seen people that play rogues and like I'm a swashbuckler rogue, so I I just get sneak attack and like I. I I like the idea of swashbuckler rogues, but the idea that you can go into combat and you just get sneak attack is bullshit. I hate it. And it makes them such a broken class. Okay. Which is why That's I played true. them uh, in my last campaign. I, I also play them a lot. Um, my next Wait, one is... Are we now is... in our top five? Top uh, four. Top four now. Then I've top missed four. one. Because I'm in my top five. That's okay, you can just do two at the end. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> my next one is Warlock. I love Hexblade Warlocks. They were the first thing I ever played. Um, mine is Monk. Ew. Because... Fuck off. Go away. I, I like the idea Leave. of everyone turns up with weapons and some guy who thinks he's God's gift to fighting turns up to a fight with a dragon with his fists. And I find that kind of funny. And I always look forward to them getting turned into bacon. Oh yeah, entirely. I think, like, monks are a very, very simple class, and I think they are overpowered a lot, but I have, I, ha I do enjoy playing them because I just like the idea of everyone swinging their weapons mildly and I'm just, like, stood there with your boxing gloves out thinking, yep, I got this. I've got this. Uh, I've got this fucking Draco Lich <laughs> that you can't you can't hit with your fancy weapons, but I can just punch this guy in the face and he's gonna hurt. Dude, Barlow. Bards at five. I like okay. bards. I like bards. Uh, if you want, I can say fourth as well, and that means for the top three we can go around. Yeah. Like... yeah. yeah um, sure. Bards are great. They're broken as shit because Jack of all trades makes them so. Um, but also, you can have so much fun. That if you've ever played a bard and you've not enjoyed it, you should, you're playing D and D wrong. Like, yeah. like, like there is like, genuinely there is no way you can't enjoy playing a bard. 
Uh, yeah, no, the, the problems with you, not with the class. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. You are the problem. Um, and then fourth, uh, Sorcerer. Um, okay. Because I, I just have so much fun with them. Um, I will always multi-class them. I've never played a Sorcerer by itself. Don't get me wrong. Um, sorcerer points, I agree, are pointless and need to be changed. But when you're multi-classing with, uh, into Sorcerers, Sorcerer points are great. Um, because they give you so much buff. Plus, they make the most OP multi-class there is in a Sorlock. Sorlock! Um, which is also my favourite multi-class in the world. Um, but also, like, you can... Like, I've... In um, in the uh, Humblewood campaign, I role-played a Sorcerer Rogue, and it was so much fun. Mm, like... I remember. Adding stealth and shit to a Sorcerer, great. You need it, because your hit points are nothing. And I did get downed in every encounter we did. Um, But also, wild magic is is just... It's not fun on Baldur's Gate. I'm going to be 100% honest. Wild (laughs) magic is not fun on Baldur's Gate. Because you could be there losing an encounter and you've just spawned this thing that's better than the thing you're fighting against. That has happened. I think I spawned a Beholder in to attack me, which wasn't great. But they're fun. Um, Love it. So everyone's top... Three. Um, I will still do these one at a time. But Sammy, what is, uh, yeah. what is yours in third? In third is Bard for me. So I I adore playing Bards. I just there's it, it, like you said, it's one of those ones. If if, if you've played D and D as a Bard and you didn't enjoy it, you are just playing D and D wrong. It's it's great. The amount of shit you can do as a Bard, like I feather fall constantly as a Bard. You, you just have so much freedom with that. Mm-hmm. Bandit. And like Bandit said, you can t- play a pretentious shithead. It's the best thing about being a bard. You can play a pretentious shithead and it's perfectly acceptable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah 100%. Uh, my number three is Druid. Okay. So I've played a Druid once and I absolutely love it because it's one of the classes that comes with its own flavor inherently. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're up here not just for me to play them, but I love using druids as NPCs and villains because mm. druids are so intimidating. If you, especially if you're doing high fantasy where there's a lot of wilderness, druids are super intimidating. And I think um, uh, wildfire druids, like the stuff that came in Tasha's, is one of the best subclasses added to anything. Mm. They're absolutely fantastic. Um, my third is cleric. Um, because I think they're literally the easiest to min-max. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They are... <laughs> I've probably played clerics more than I've played anything else by this point. Because, like, you kind of have everything there. You are the one that deals all the damage, depending on which type you choose. You are the healer. You are the tank. Um, but also, I feel like there's the widest variety in subclasses as well. Like, you could have... You could have, so... you could have a party of clerics... Where one person is your tank, one person's your healer, you've got another person who's only good at night because they chose Twilight Domain for some stupid reason. Um, and they're great to multi-class as well. And because mm-hmm. of the type of magic they do use, because it's a martial spellcaster, you don't get affected by the spellcasting multi- uh, multi-class uh, spell slots like you do with the others. I agree. Wholeheartedly. Uh, number twos, <laughs> uh, Artificer. 
I love them. Ever since playing Ratchet, I've loved playing Artificers. They're difficult, and I never suggest to people to play one as their first character um, because there is so much. But I just love the idea of being able to create shit, essentially. It's like you can enter into a world, kind of like get your bearings of the world and be like, this would be really handy and really cool to make. And you can add so much to the story by being able to essentially enhance other people's abilities. I think as well, if you've... And this is going to be what I'd say to anyone. If you've never played a spellcaster before, don't play an artificer. Oh, 100%. If you've struggled playing a spellcaster before, don't Don't play play an an artificer. Artificers are very hard to function well. It's one of those ones they are incredibly difficult to function well if you don't know how to play them. But ever since I started playing one, I've loved it. Yeah, it's one of those ones where I think, regardless of your experience, them and wizards are the two hardest classes, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. I, and I no totally doubt. I totally say that's a fair assumption on, on that part. Wizards are just it, another it's... level of difficulty because you need to have so much lore knowledge. And I think you have to be like in so much contact with your dungeon master... Yeah. in and out of campaigns that it just makes it a nightmare i have played in total three artificers now and they are the characters i have had the most fun with i made an iron man suit i just want to let you guys know that i made an iron man suit who hasn't that's played an artificer i know right <laughs> Bandit? Yeah, but I actually finished making it. Oh, okay. You got two sessions into it. Nice. <laughs> uh, no, it was twelve. Uh, session twelve in oh, okay. where I finished it. Nice to see your DM was actually adding time to it because I've seen people that like in the same session build stuff and I hate it. They're like, oh, yeah, I built no, this they... massive tank, and you're like, oh, and you so started that at the beginning we... of the session. The way that we did it is that because um, the artificer's name was uh, Kovacs. Um, and the whole idea is that I was only able to work on this suit if I had the materials, like scavenge for the materials, um, and I could only start building it during downtime, so when the other party, if the party was sleeping or doing short rests and things like that, and we were in the area that the suit was, um, and also my, if I didn't have, if I only took, I'd have to take a short rest instead of a long rest at night, if I wanted to work on the suit. Okay, that's pretty sweet. Bandit, your second? Uh, also Artificer. Um, mine is <clears throat> similar story. I, um, I played one called Sunny in a one-shot run by Rakam or GM Workshop. And I had so much fun. Like, having... if Having, like... It was just a basic one, because I'd never played an artificer before, and I'd always liked the look of them, so I played an artillerist, and I just had a cannon that was shooting... Um, there weren't fire bees, but there were big scary bees. Okay. And I had so much fun... Uh, was it an Eldritch car- cannon, then? Yeah, Eldritch cannon. Yeah, so I had, like, uh, the Ratchet had her one called Clank, which we transformed. Yes. Um I I had so much fun playing um, Sunny, but then also I DM'd for an artificer, Ratchet. (laughs) And artificers are the class that I have the most fun being a DM for. I have so much fun for them. They They can invent new flavor. 
like they don't come with it inherently but they can invent it and they allow more than just uh combat and trying to shag everything that moves in D. Mm-hmm. like they yeah, invent when, when they, i was like when I was playing Kovacs in the other session that I was playing in Artificer in, uh, I had to rebuild a bridge so that the party could cross uh, a, 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 like, a ravine. Um, and it was a case of, like, the party had to, like, split up. So some people stayed with me to help me source them as materials to be able to build the bridge. The others had, like, side quests and things like that, and that was really cool. Uh, in another campaign that I, I was in, I wasn't playing an Artificer but there was an artificer in it and they invented a freezer oh, and I it was a, a box with a cold on it and i use that now just in general and part of the side gig was we're gonna sell ice cream <laughs> that was it artificers think, were a lot of fun i think one of my favorite things that i made as an artificer was as ratchet when uh she made gin the uh uh the thingy oh, of endless cool. Yeah, Yeah, instead of it being a bottle of endless water, she modified it to make it a bottle of endless whiskey. I've only ever played an artificer once, and it was in a very weird sci-fi campaign where you actually started with no stats, no proficiencies, no nothing. Um, It was basically, you were at like this space university, and you were doing degrees, and they led to certain things, and mine was in um, engineering and something. But like, we never got very far into it, because it was boring. Um... And to be fair, because of the way the DM had homebrewed it, um, it was not limiting. Like there was some really cool stuff there, but like I don't know, it was just such such an out there idea. I think they needed like another year to really plan anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I like, like that idea though. My character was like, um, uh, I played an uh, ADHD driven, anxious, asexual dwarf. Um, a bandit. I, yeah, I played bandit. Um, but you know, uh, about three foot shorter, and um, <laughs> he was basically just on cocaine like all of the time. So like everyone was sleeping, you could just hear banging. He thought he was already a qualified artificer. People would go into the room and he'd have disassembled everything, thinking he could put it back together. But he actually hadn't been taught how to do so yet. So like so everything just, was just broken. Just played young Sheldon, where he just takes apart the fridge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number two. Um, a druid. They are <laughs> so much fun. I've only ever played one, but genuinely, the amount of fun I had playing the druids. Um, and I love the fact that some, I think some DMs are a lot more giving than others, obviously. But like, I like the idea that you can, with some DMs, you can cast spells or do wild shape things outside of encounters, but not lose spell slots and stuff. So, like, I used to have it where, like, I would randomly turn into a cat. And then would just walk around and follow the party and then do loads of stuff as a cat. But it wouldn't count as my wild shape. Because it didn't mean anything. It was just a character thing. Um, And also, yeah, combining that with Barbarian was uh, interesting. That's the thing. That's one of the only things I would ever multiclass a Barbarian with. And I'd be a Warforged, so I'd be like a Megazord from Power Rangers. (laughs) That that would be the ideal. Yeah, this is the first time this like I've uh, I was just because I was a satyr as well because it was a Percy Jackson campaign. Oh, so that's like, it, it was pretty that's, sick. Oh. What's uh, the name of the satyr in Percy Jackson? It's Grover, isn't it? Is yeah. It Grover? Uh, so, it 
My number one uh, is no surprise to anyone that's seen me play D&D. It is Cleric. Uh, I am the forever Cleric. I love playing Clerics. Um, I specifically, you mentioning about Humblewood earlier, uh, Barlow, one of my favourite characters to ever exist was in that campaign, uh, which was Verin, who was a Cleric shapeshifter. So they had a curse on them from their deity because uh, they were a Vulpin as well, so they worshipped the Vulpin god, which is like sneaky and mischievous and bits like that. Uh, but they got their power to be stronger from this ring. So they would end up changing from Verin into Vex, which was like, basically I split the cleric down the middle, basically, and put all the healing things on Verin and all of the damagey things on Vex. So Vex was just going around touching people with inflict wounds because they were all covered in sores themselves and it, it was amazing. But yeah, clerics are my, my go-to character to play. Um, yeah, mine predictably is probably is Rogue. Yeah, um, kind of saw that coming, bro. Yeah. Um, You're very basic. Yeah, I openly admit that I am. Like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not ashamed to say that Rogue's my favourite. I don't I very, very rarely play the edgy rogue. No, like, I know Cairo is, like, like edgy backstory. It's going to be fine. He's going to be dead soon, so it's all good. It's, yeah, it's not good. I'm, uh, I've, I am, I have to run my next character past you, actually, by the way. I, <laughs> I guarantee that within the next three encounters, Cairo will likely be dead. Because uh, I feel I like it's going to be the first encounter Cairo takes damage properly, he's dying. <laughs> I I literally did I not say it to you like you well yeah you had in plan to not make the moonlight vigil part of the campaign so yeah I I expected him to die before that <clears throat> but um no I think I, it's just the kind of get it's the kind of way I like to play video games as well I like to play the sneaky resourceful style and I like the investigator stuff which is why I'm Cairo is a mastermind as opposed to one of the kind of things he likes the sneaky round finding information. Um, and I think rogues, like you know, everyone just paints them as like the edgy lo- edge lords, and to be fair, a lot of them are. But I think like they can balance role play and combat pretty well because they have uses outside of sneak attack. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they are a lot of fun. Cairo is actually one of the favorite characters I've ever played, even outside of the fucking weird backstory he's got. Just as a character, as a personality, he's exploring. Easily... Yeah, even as, like just as a character, he is a lot of fun. I think. For to me, uh, Warlock's my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. I'm very open about that because I can multi-class him into fucking anything. Um, <laughs> I think with Warlocks as well, and Hexblade is like god tier. Because um, yeah. he- I th- I think the issue is Warlocks are one of I wouldn't even say that they're not broken. I'd say Hexblade is broken. But that's because warlocks, there's so much potential in them, but D&D just didn't do them justice, I think. And I think there's so many rules and so many abilities that warlocks have, uh, like, are just missing out on. Um, and I feel like warlocks are probably one of the more restricted classes, which I'm hoping one D&D sort of fixes. Um, which is why Hextech came out, and it was very broken, but compared to, like, druids, which are naturally broken... Um, it still isn't that powerful. I think warlocks lead to some of the best roleplay in their backstories as well. 
because like not just did they get to a point in their life where they had to turn to an unholy patron um but there's there's a reason why they're a warlock they didn't start out magically gifted um and i think through backstories you could probably get some of the best characters from warlocks oh yeah um because sorcerers they're born with it wizards they they learn it warlocks they have to do something to get that power and like but also it means later down the line you can bring up the fact that maybe like you can and it's something that i think needs to be explored more you can lose your status as a warlock if the patron deems you unworthy and i feel like um, that would be really cool if you get to a point in the campaign where you see the warlock being stripped of their power uh this type of thing i've only ever seen it done once um, it was a previous campaign that both me and Kato were in. And one of the players who was playing a paladin um, was a problem player, like out-and-out out problem player, but they weren't keeping their oath, so the DM actually stripped them of their paladin powers and made them a samurai. And okay. that this the little bit of the arc before they actually died... Um, was trying to get their paladin powers back to win favor from their god again, okay. which I think is actually really, really interesting. Hmm. I, I, I do agree. I want to see more of that stuff. Yeah, and I think as well with warlocks, is unlike when you've got like the divine intervention that you never really see. You see it in like films and stuff. So like, um, for instance, when you're watching Pirates of the Caribbean and they turn, um, what's her name? calypso back into god form and then she starts using the wind and that gives them the advantage i've done it before where i dm'd a campaign i can't remember who the player was but like they had like a last burst of energy because they were losing this fight and i actually had their unholy patron grant them another ability because they'd been very loyal to their patron um and i think stuff like that needs to happen as well i feel like there's just so much role play there and mm -hmm. I do think one D&D needs to fix Warlocks, though, because otherwise they're going to end up being like Rangers. Um, but then again, Bandit seems to like Rangers for some stupid reason. I, I, like, I, like being a, I like being a Pokemon trainer. I like being a whore. Then why aren't you anymore? Because I can play a bard in D&D instead. <laughs> you can roll dice and you don't have to engage in social interaction. I don't have to actually try. So, and I, don't, I don't have to go outside. <laughs> if Someone else we wanted to talk about was was universes we'd love to to play in like a D&D &D style campaign. Um, how many How many do you guys have? I've only got one. I've got six, but that's because... It was, we normally do six, but I had to try. <laughs> I, uh, had to I, try really I, I do have six. Oh god! <laughs> well, if you wanted, if you want us to do ours, and then you can have your one when we do our top one. Up to you. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, so, Bandit, just do six to six down to. I uh, just miss out one. So do your six, yeah. fifth, fourth, fifth, um, second, and then uh, Gotham. So, like the Gotham style universe yeah. with. Like, uh, League of Legends, uh, The Walking Dead, Sea of Thieves, and Hunter Hunter. Okay. A lie, I have two. Okay, would you like to say your two 
now, or would you like to wait? I will wait. Okay. Because I need to double check what the name is. Uh, me. Uh, I'm going to do six downwards. Um, I feel like I've just deleted one. I can't remember what it was. Um, yes, I have. I remember. Uh, mine would be, uh, I'm going to say Percy Jackson again, because I've done two campaigns in it, but it's just such a fun universe to play D- uh, D&D in. Um, Elder Scrolls. Uh, Harry Potter. I know they're all wizards, but like, there's... Wouldn't, wouldn't they all be sorcerers, because it's all bloodline? It's not, though, is it? Because muggles, muggleborns. Yeah, but that is still magical blood. That's an interesting debate. Like it, You just Picasso. made me forget which ones I've said now. You said Harry Potter, and that was your most recent one. I said, you oh, said Percy it... Jackson. Percy Jackson, Elder Scrolls, Harry Potter, did I say any of those? No. no. Okay. Um, Cyberpunk. I know there is already out there, but I, I've not played it. Um, and uh, League of Legends. Hmm. So my number two one is uh, Pandora, Hyperion, Borderlands. Okay. Because I think that would be really cool. Because obviously you've got all the kind of, like, you've got skags, you've got bullymongs, like, things like that. That would be really cool. Did you want me to say my number one one now? Go for it. (laughs) Uh, Rapture from Bioshock. All right. Yeah, that'd be sick. Oh, I need to change one of mine now. That's too late. You've that. said six to five. I've, six I've to said six to two. I know. I would have I had think that. It, Rapture I would have think made it that. Rapture would be sick. Um, I would like... Um, I... The uh, Backbone for my number one. But mm-hmm. I fucking hate the game. But I love the world building. Mm-hmm. And I would like a game in that universe. That would be pretty sick to be fair. Um, mine, uh, Destiny. Mm. Destiny would be sick. Um, I mean, it's already such a cool world. I don't think it'd be that hard to do because, like, you could probably translate most of it over already. I think a lot. Of, there's a lot of the framework there in the game already, there isn't there? That you could just change a few things to make the dice rolls. Yeah, well, like I, I was going to run a, because some of these I've seen done. Like, there is a superheroes, um style D&D out there that I've seen people do there is a load of sci-fi stuff there is Star Wars I've done it there's there is cyberpunk a lot of video games have t- fan-made TTRPG stuff there probably is a destiny one out there to be fair I now um, really want to play a game of D&D set in Rapture that would be sick that would be so good that would be a good like charity I'm... one shot to be fair mm-hmm. is this me writing a Rapture charity one shot for two and a half nerds Yes. Do you know much about the world? If uh, not, I can write it because okay. I know so it's, much about Rapture. My my opinion, and this isn't this is me being uh, being mean twenty one, is if you're doing a D and D style campaign, campaign or one shot set in the world of a game, I require you as the DM to have a lot of knowledge of that game. I know, I... Now, but we'll let Sammy take the lead. Actually, he'll save me a fucking job of being a DM for a change. Oh no, I'd ha- I'd happily do it. Um, I've wanted to DM again for ages. I haven't DM'd in about a year and a half. 
Um, and I want to play but, again. Yeah, we'll See, sort this out. I've we'll, set we'll, myself we'll the challenge of making a one-shot for Harry Potter. And the idea was that it was going to be a case of your races are, are you Muggleborn, are you... Uh, and stuff like that. And then it was... The classes was more based on kind of your house. There was mm. a few other things as well. Um, yeah. Because there, I also there's... had goblins being an option, house elves being an option. Mm-hmm. Um, there's quite a few things to go... I mean, immediately, like, first thing that pops to mind is big daddies or warforgers. Yeah. Like, it's it's the immediate thing. Um, and little sisters, in a sense, could be artificers because the big daddies look after the little sisters and, like... Could be warlocks to have, like, <laughs> have big sisters and veterans as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's a, there's a lot of ideas that I could have for that. And I, I, I've i played... So, uh, Brawl, who lovely, lovely Brawl, sent me the uh, Bioshock collection the other day uh, so I can replay them on my PC. But when I had them on Xbox when they first came out, I played through the games, each of them probably about seven times. Shock, shock horror, guys. Uh, as much as most people believe my favourite game series is Borderlands, it is like one of my top ones and I love it. I adore the art style. My favourite video game of all time is Bioshock, the first Bioshock game. I've just realised now that, like, as I know we've only done, this is, what, episode five, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we've not just outright talked about our favourite video games. I will go on for ages about Bioshock. I have a tattoo planned. Gonna work out if I have my Skyrim tattoo yet. No, I don't. The issue is I, I got tattoos on my back. I can never remember what they are. So <laughs> on what on one arm, I want to get the siren ta- like from chest to arm, the siren tattoo from Borderlands. On then the other arm and hand, I want to do the um the the sparking the blue light from Bioshock. But then written across it, I want um in like the blue sparks for it to say would you cl- would you kindly. Because nice. that's like, if you've never played the game, you won't know what would you kindly means, but it's like a huge part of the game. Yeah, I was going to get something uh, Dunma style, but probably from Morrowind. Mm. But is there any further remarks people would like to make before we end it here? The indie is fun, and I'm really glad that, in a sense, um, it's not looked down on as such a like a nerd thing anymore. Obviously programs like stranger things and having lockdown obviously gave people more chances to get into the hobby but i'm glad that it's not so like people assuming that you're like a sweaty nerd in your mum's basement if you play D, it is really really fun and i always always say to people at least try and play it once um yeah there are other ttrpgs d and like we do also probably should acknowledge that D D isn't the best system for every style of player. There are plenty of fucking fantastic ones out there. Go give it a go. Um, Mutants and Masterminds is really fun as well. Mutants and Masterminds is cool. Call of Cthulhu is pretty fun. I was going to play VTM, but stuff happened, so I never got the chance. I wouldn't mind playing VTM, actually. We could do a VTM game. That'd be cool. Vampire the Masquerade would be pretty sick. I'd be, I'd be down for that. That'd be cool. How about that? Yeah. So you've got Sammy, Sammy doing uh, the Bioshock one. You can mm-hmm. do a VTM one, and then I'll do a Cyberpunk one. I love that. That's that's dope, actually. Mm-hmm. Sick. And they could all be for charities. Yeah. yeah, I'm so down for that. I'd be keen for that. Get the ball rolling. I'm literally going to, like, when I finish the quiz on Monday, because obviously that's where all my attention is, 
as soon as I finish that, I'm going to start writing it. Sick. I'm going to steal one offline. But I can, because Cyberpunk campaigns are pre-written. <laughs> but, <laughs> as always, guys, thank you for joining. You guys are absolute legends. We love you. I'm just setting that up. But, honestly... I really need to change my tampon. I'm so glad you said that out loud. I did um, it on purpose. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know what to say now. Uh, um, now I don't know if the, the title of this one should be I really need to change my tampon or I feel like the I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm going to edit that bit out. <laughs> For those of you that are watching over on Twitch, we're going to raid over to Panda. It's her birthday. Please send yeah. some love. Mayuki Panda. Thank you all for joining, guys. I'm going to try and distract you from what Sammy has just said. Um, I need to change my tampon. <laughs>